private-led group will take over the running of services, which may mean some will move elsewhere. Hip and knee operations in April look set to be one of those areas. Doctors say if the consortium cherry-prick the most lucrative operations, it would then compromise trauma, A&E services and ultimately the hospital itself. Now, commuters in London are facing severe disruption today and tomorrow because of a 48-hour tube strike. Members of two unions, the RMT and the TSSA, are taking part in the stoppage, which is due to be repeated next week. In Bedford, an MP says special planning rights enjoyed by travellers are causing fear and distrust amongst villagers. The Tory MP for South West Bedfordshire, Andrew Salou, has been arguing in the Commons for one set of planning rights for all. He says three quarters of travellers and gypsies live in houses and flats, so there's no need for a separate system. I really think we need to grasp the nettles we're never going to meet. Um, the demand for traveller sites is just going to go on and on and on increasing, so I really think we've got to do something different. Government advisers say ministers are failing to prevent new developments that contribute to flooding. The Committee on Climate Change says buildings are still being allowed on floodplains, gardens and are being paved over and green space is being lost. Now the chairman and managing director of Vauxhall Motors in the UK is moving to a new job in the United States. Duncan Aldred, who joined Vauxhall in Luton as an undergraduate back in 1990, will now take up a new role at General Motors Global in Detroit. Sport then and Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-1 in League One last night. The home side remained bottom though after the victory but a Francois Zoko penalty and a brace from Darius Charles gave Borough those three valuable points. So the weather then, winds will strengthen throughout the day. Showery outbreaks as well this afternoon. Temperatures reaching 10 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Yeah. Exciting times, dear listener, exciting times. Kelly Betts has not turned up for work. But we are not a person down because stepping into the breach, yes, if you call up now, 08459 455 555, there is a chance you could speak to a legend of broadcasting, a man who has recently been approached to do an interview for the Radio Times, an interview that Jonathan Vernon Smith, myself and Nick Coffer have all done. Ladies and gentlemen, J-Dog is working in the office. The sooner look. Hey, good morning, boss. How what, you doing? What, what's going on? Ah, well, what's not going on? That's the question. Well, no, the question was, very specifically, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I'm now your broadcast assistant, and it feels good. <laughs> Kelly's just not bothered turning up today. Yeah, that's a shame, really. We, I've, I've rung her a couple of times and left very understanding messages. Now, obviously, if something bad has happened, we'll, we'll, we'll tone the banter down ever so slightly. Mm. But for the moment, we can keep the banter up, because yeah. we assume she's overslept. Yes. Uh, so, Justin, if people call now... There is a chance, a 50-50 chance, that you will be answering the phone. Absolutely, that is a big deal. It's like when they get Prince William or um, Denise Welch to uh, man the phones at <laughs> Comic Relief, isn't it? I know, it's exactly the same, if not better. If not better. <laughs> in there. 08459 455 555. You could be talking to Justin Dealey if you give us a call now. Isn't it exciting? Other stuff that's coming up on the show... MPs are calling for an, uh, slightly more serious stuff, I'll be honest with you. MPs are calling for an urgent nationwide inquiry after a muff-up at Watford Hospital led to unnecessary and potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. It's on the front page of some of the papers this morning. Our local police forces are bulking up their ranks with specials. They have the same training and powers of arrest as the regulars, so what's so special about them? I'll tell you what, they're free. Oh, and prenups. Do, you, do they kill the romance by securing your bank balance? Is that supposed to rhyme? 
prenups take the romance out of getting married. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR or the best way, give me a call. You could speak to J-Dog 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. How, uh, how are the phones looking in there, Justin? I'd imagine they've, they've gone bonkers. Yeah, very busy. How very many busy. calls have you had? Um, one. Who's that from? Uh, a very important man. Is this our next guest? Mm. So he didn't call, we called him. No, no he, he called us. Oh, well, that's very good. Well, that's, that's good of Mike, isn't it? That's a call. That, is a, that counts as a call. OK, well, that's Mike, Mike's always very keen. I mean, it's always good. We'll get him on in a second. The reason that we're going to be joined by Mike Penning is because it's emerged that Watford Hospital broke NHS rules on cancer appointments, leading to delays which may have contributed to the death of a patient. It's on the front page of the mail. It's in quite a few of the other papers today. Incredible story. Hundreds of people who didn't attend a first appointment weren't offered a second one. Well, this contravenes current guidelines and has led local MPs to call for an urgent inquiry. One of those local MPs, of course, Conservative MP for Hemel Hempstead, Mike Penning. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Mike. Mike, Mike, when did you find out about this? I took a call, and not not a little bit past this time, yesterday morning from the Chief Executive of the Trust to tell me that... Nearly 800 people who had been referred to the, the trust for cancer treatment hadn't, for whatever reason, been at their first appointment. They may have been very poorly or lots of different things. And the protocol is you go back to them to make sure we can get the treatment for them. And it never happened. And so I was told that were people had died. We don't know if it was contributed by these, this cock-up, frankly. Um, but what we're really worried about, and all six of the local MPs met Jeremy Hunt, the Secretary of State for Health, last night, is not only must there be an inquiry as to how this happened, not led or not guided by the trust. It has to be independent. But he has to make sure this hasn't happened elsewhere because these people have been massively let down and so have their loved ones. We've got to make sure it never happens elsewhere. I've got the front page of the mail here, which is uh, which it's on. Never, never good to see uh, a local story, you know, for the wrong reasons. Uh, it says here at least two may have died, and a further 121 patients may have suffered life-threatening delays in diagnosis or treatment. Now, listen, as someone who's got a relative who's undergoing cancer treatment at the moment, you you can't mess around. You you've got to get in there as quickly as you can, haven't you? Uh, and that's why the protocols are there. You know, uh, you know, if, if you and I miss a GP's appointment, you know, that's wrong, and we should have contacted them and let them know. But people that are waiting for cancer treatment. There's a myriad of different reasons why they would have missed that appointment. So that's why the protocol was there nationally to say, you contact these people and get them in so the treatment at the oncology department can take place. And it never happened. And what we can't work out, and I was told yesterday that all the management are gone. That's what the chief executive told me yesterday. None of the people responsible for this are there. Well, where are they? Are they elsewhere in the NHS? Well, one of the, 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 the previous chief exec has, um, now works at Great Ormond Street. Oh, well, now we found out. He actually did go to Great Ormond yep. Street, and that was really worrying. He's now took early retirement. Oh, just before this broke. Oh, okay. Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, so we know this inquiry was probably taking place while that, so he's now gone. But where are the other senior managers? And then, of course, we found out yesterday that actually two people have been suspended from the trust. So there are people that are still working there. This is why it's so important that we get to the bottom of what happened for these people and to make sure it doesn't happen. What do you think of the way the local trust has handled this? The way they have handled this, Mike? I think, I think Sam, the new... The new exec there promised that she would dig deep we had lots of concerns about the way the trust has been run over the years as you know i've been on your station many many times with concerns about it she said she would try and find out find all the skeletons this is clearly one of the things that, that they have found however i'm still not convinced that we've got everything out that we need to get out and actually we need to make sure for the people my constituents and the other mps constituents around the area and nationally not only can't this happen again 
find out why it happened, and to find out whether or not the people that allowed this to happen are still in the NHS, because they should not be in the NHS if, they, if they're there. I'm just going through the statistics. The, the, the chief exec uh, yeah, announced he was going to retire just a year into his... Mr. Filichowski mm. announced he was going to retire just a year into his Great Ormond Street posting. The married father of two gave up a £280,000 annual salary, saying he wanted to focus on NHS consultancy mm. business books. Retirement lump sum payment of £412,000 on top of his £140,000 a year pension. I'll have some of that, Mike. Well, we, we had an inquiry, actually, how he ever got the job at West Hearts. Yeah. Because he's the one that did most of the closures. He put all the blood on the carpet and did the clothes and forced them through. But he never had the interview for the job in the first place. He was seconded from the Strategic Health Authority. And when we said this is wrong, and we had local campaigners helping me on that from the Decorum Hospital Trust, uh, Hospital Campaign Group, sorry, uh, they said, oh, yes, we did it wrong, but actually he'll have to stay because we've given him a contract now. Then he went off to Great Ormond Street. That figure is his salary, not plus expenses. We know he was on over 300000 when he was actually here with us. But he, he presided over this mess, and so did other senior people. And far as we're concerned, the others are still inside the NHS. They need to be held to account. Mike, Absolutely. I appreciate your time this morning. No, Can welcome. we get you on for a nice story one day? <laughs> I feel either I'm always having a go at you, well, or we're just, talking about something horrible. Can we get you on for a nice we're story? talking to your wonderful new assistant, and I hope you train him well. Yes, um, <laughs> dear. He needs a bit of training. Doesn't he? As to, for instance, why one of the Indian restaurants in my town has a sign saying Mike Penning thinks this is the best restaurant in town. <laughs> Um, so I, I do go to a lot of Indian restaurants, but it was actually the customers. I run a competition every year, so yeah. I actually sorted that problem that night. Let's yeah. get you on for that. I, I had a great curry in Luton last night. Oh, I, had a, I think it was a place called the Red Rose. Oh, it was That's wonderful. North of Slippers here. Well, I don't tend to go there. Oh, I do apologise. I said a dirty word. I don't go there. For Mike, speak to you later on. Thank you very much indeed. Mike Penning there. Uh, with uh, Can we get him on for a nicer story at some point? I always feel like I'm, I'm either having to go at him or he's having to go at me or we're talking about... Something as shocking as this. If you want to read more of this, it's not very often I recommend the front page of the Daily Mail, but the story's there, betrayal of 800 cancer patients. Incredible. If you've been affected by that, 08459 455 555. Justin. Yes. You said, Mike, on about a very serious story, mm. and you're banging on to him about curries. That was a genuine question. Uh, walking past this curry restaurant, it looks like Mike Penning has voted this his favourite <laughs> restaurant, so there's a big sign outside the restaurant. But uh, as Mike pointed out, that's not actually the case. But it's intriguing me for a while. Here we go. OK, this mm. is something we'll do. Yeah. Who has um, uh, uh, given the thumbs up to your local curry house? Because they do like this, the curry houses. Yeah. When I used to live in North London, um, my local curry house, Taste of Nawab, which was a great curry house, uh, it had um, the uh, drummer from The Darkness. had. Uh, uh, there was a picture of the drummer from The Darkness. And also the drummer from Iron Maiden. I would have made more about the drummer from Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's a big deal. A lot of curry houses have minor celebrities, pictures outside. Go on, Catherine. I was in a beef eater in Salford this weekend, and I noticed they'd framed a menu. Whose scroll could that be, I wondered? Whose scroll? Oh, gosh. Re- Peter Kay. <laughs> okay, let's throw that out there. Uh, the, the, what restaurants, what curry houses, who, who, what, which local celebrities or big celebrities have supported your local curry house? 08459 four double five five double five.
Still no sign of Kelly Betts. So, if you dial the telephone now, there is a very, very strong chance the phone will be answered by BBC Three Counties' very own 1980s throwback, Justin Dealey. It's exciting. He's sat there. He's waiting. So far, all he's done is hassle a local MP. Uh, If you want to be hassled, not in that sense... By Justin Daly, 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, the main story today is public transport. The London Underground is affected by strikes. So if you're travelling via Euston, the Northern Line only has service operating between Edgware and Golders Green, also between High Barnet and East Finchley. That's approximately every five minutes, but there is no service on the rest of the line today. On the roads, the M40 London bound is blocked between Junction 4 for High Wycombe Handycross and 3 for Loudwater because of an accident and there are queues already building up on the approach there. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 6.16, it's uh, Wednesday, the 5th of February. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs are calling for an urgent inquiry after administrative errors at Watford Hospital led to potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. Local police services are looking to recruit more special constables to try and save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. And in sport, Stevenage are still bottom of League One, despite beating Gillingham. Gillingham, is it a soft G or a hard G, Just? Uh, Gillingham. Thank you very much indeed. 3-1 last night. BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) You see, there is a purpose. And now the instructions on my screen say trail, tune... Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that I wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely. You've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. He famously put the phone down on Kelly Betts and refused to come on this show, but that doesn't matter. We still love ABC.
Coldplay's, your Justin Bieber's, your Miley Cyrus's and uh, your Bee Gees, all your modern pop bands. That's, that's how you write a song, all right? Now, our local police services are looking to recruit more special constables in a bid to save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Bedfordshire Police, Thames Valley and Hertfordshire Police are set to hire more than 100 specials over the next two years. Well, Andy Fittis is a serving police officer with the Metropolitan Police and chairs the National Police Federation's Specials Working Group. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Ian. So, can you just clarify, what's the difference between a, a, a police officer, a special and a PCSO? Well, uh, special constables do exactly the same training as uh, what we would call regular officers, but they get absolutely no pay. They volunteer their own time, uh, their own careers, so uh, they're just uh, working as a as a, um, a part-time uh, sort of doing their duty whenever they can fit it around their normal career. Pissing those community support officers are paid by the forces that employ them, uh, but they don't have the powers of arrest. Um, some other powers that police officers have. See, that's the thing I find odd, that PCSOs get paid, but they don't have the same powers as the specials, who don't get paid. <laughs> Andy, look, Andy we've, we've lost you, Andy. Can uh, Catherine or Justin, can we try and get Andy back? Because his line is uh, pretty poor, and I want to hear exactly what he's got to say, because I find it fascinating. But uh, what do you think? Uh, getting specials in. Got the same powers as the police, and have got um, similar kind of responsibilities they have similar training they just don't get paid how comfortable does that make you feel 08459 455 555 what would you rather I know what you'd rather see you'd rather see proper coppers getting paid and getting around I guess that's just not practical at the moment with massive cuts being made uh, and, and the police forces as we, we constantly talk about on this show are having to save money so is this the best Solution out of a bad bunch of solutions? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give me a call on that, you're more than welcome to. PCSOs get paid. They they can't arrest anybody. There's not a lot they can do. Specials can arrest people. They don't get paid. Huh? Explain that. We're just trying to get Andy back. uh, Justin is uh, giving me the, the, hold on a second, boss, finger. I think that's what that finger means. I'm hoping that's what that means. He's like a caged animal this morning. He wants to be out prowling the streets with his woody in hand, going up to strange people. Um, but he's, he's being forced to work in the studio. I th- we think Kelly Betts is on her way. We hope she's on her way, otherwise um, all hell's going to break loose. And that would be awful, wouldn't it? Hell breaking loose live on the radio. Can you tell I'm feeling? Is it that obvious that that's what's going on? I tell you what, should we, should we play a song just or... No, 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 no. 
He's coming. He's coming through now. We're going to get Andy back on line one. Andy, are you there? Yeah, my apologies. No, for no, no, no. It's not your fault. It's technology's fault, <laughs> Andy. We can hear you. Right. So uh, a special doesn't get paid. They have pretty much the same powers as a regular officer and the, the similar training as well. Is that right? Yes, that's right. The training's the same. Obviously, spread out over a long period of time because you're not employed full time. Does this undermine the uh, the career police officer? The fact that a volunteer is seen as being almost as good as them? Um, I don't think so, no, because specials have been in existence for a long time. They're a traditional part of policing, and their role was always to support regular officers in doing their work. And, of course, in these times of austerity, the the more help, the better, I think, really. So a lot of officers in a lot of counties, especially your own that you you serve, um, do really appreciate the help that special constables give. Is there a limit on on how many specials a police force can have? Do they have to have a a certain percentage of of regular officers... uh, to, to, to fill a quota? There's a force, it's called a force precept, which is set, a number which a force should have. That's obviously down to, to budgets and the, the demands on a force. I think, as I said earlier, they're there, special constables as to support mm. regular officers. The danger, the risk that um, obviously we, we would say is that what they should never do is replace regular officers. There's mm. danger in that. It's all about saving money, isn't it? Or primarily about saving money. And that's not criticism. I know that the police forces are all having their budgets slashed. They've got to save millions of pounds. How much do you think recruiting more specials can save? Um, I mean, it still costs quite a bit to to train specials. They have to have the same uniform, the same equipment. Um, You know, their their training, as I said, is spread out. So there's... The, the saving, if you're going to make a saving in costs, come through the fact that they are not paid. Mm. Um, you've got no pension costs, you've got not, no day-to-day on So that's a significant saving, isn't it? Um, it? It is, if you replace regular officers with specials, which I don't think you can do. Right. And people... How, how different do they look, Andy? I walk around with my eyes closed. Can you tell them by, by their certain markings that they're specials as uh, opposed I to mean, regulars? In, in some forces, you'll have a particular, like, you know, we all have numbers on our uniforms. Yeah. That there's, there's usually an identifying number that you can tell it's a, a special constable from that. And regular officers, what do they think about specials and PCSOs in general? Uh, I think, you know, we, we've had, well, I say special constables have been in existence for a long, long time. Yeah. And, and I think... Um, regular officers uh, appreciate the help they give. Like you say, PCSO is slightly less time. Um, they're a relatively new sort of concept. But again, the, the teams that they work in, neighbourhood teams um, primarily, uh, again, officers working as a team with those those people sort of get on fine and, and work as a team. Andy, I appreciate your time at the ridiculous hour of the morning. Thank you very much. Yes, no problem at all. Thanks a lot. Andy Fittis there, serving police officer with the Metropolitan Police. Well, what are your thoughts on specials? 08459 455 555. No jokes about scar bands, please, for goodness sakes.
I was humorously there singing. Here we go. Paul Scoynes, start a love train. Imagine Paul Scoynes starting a love train. Imagine Paul Scoynes turning up in time to do his report that he's due to do in three and a half minutes' time. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting on the public transport, London Underground affected by strikes today. If you travel into London via the Metropolitan Line, lines aren't running until after 7am and then they'll only be running between Harrow-on-the-Hill and Aldgate and that'll be around every 10 minutes. On the road, the M40 London bound, that's cleared after an earlier accident between 4 for High Wycombe Handycross and 3 for Loudwater. In St Albans, House Lane is closed between Sandbridge and Jersey Farm because a tree's fallen in the road. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, 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 look what the cat's dragged in. Kelly Betts and Paul Scoynes. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow. MPs in Hertfordshire have called for an urgent nationwide inquiry. It comes after Watford Hospital broke NHS rules in dealing with cancer patient appointments. Meanwhile, another hospital in Bedford this time may close all because of a new contract. A private-led group will now take over the running of services, which may mean some will move elsewhere. Commuters, as we've been hearing in London, are facing severe disruption and tomorrow as well, all because of a 48-hour tube strike. And firefighters in Buckinghamshire are calling for a change in the law following a huge warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell last month. That's the news now. Let's move on to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Stevenage is still bottom of League One. That's despite beating Gillingham 3-1 last night. A Francoise Oko penalty and a brace from Darius Charles gave Borough all three valuable points in the fight against relegation. Manager Graham Wesley, though, says his side will continue to fight. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're down, that's uh, that's for sure. We're, we're down the bottom and uh, I think tonight it was about sending the message out that we might be down, but we're not out. It's uh, very much game on from our point of view. Um, we're looking forward to the games that are ahead of us and it was important to start with three points tonight, which the boys did. FA Cup news and Fulham have been knocked out. They lost 1-0 to Sheffield United in their fourth round replay at Craven Cottage with the League One side scoring just in the last minute of extra time. Swansea City have sacked their manager Michael Laudrup. Cub captain Gary Monk will take charge of the team for the foreseeable future. And finally, the England career of batsman Kevin Peterson's over. That's after nine years. With the squads to be named for the forthcoming tour of West Indies and the World 2020 tomorrow, the England and Wales Cricket Board have told Peterson is no longer in their plans. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at seven. Serena, yeah. I'm having a really good chat with Paul Scoynes. Yeah, where uh, do you, I fit in that? Well, well, I was just wondering, he's telling me about how he wants to learn the piano and he just got to the point where he's in a cafe that also sells sheep music. So have you got any more... Sheep or sh- sheep music? Bar, you mean? Have... Oh, I'm not going to answer that. No, go on, go on. Have you got sounded a, like it. any more news you can do so that Paul can finish the conversation? Actually, do you know what? I have got local footy there. The way you go. But no, I haven't got it in front of me. Well, um, I was doing the scores, ha- and it's it's else. It clearly hasn't. How saved. long would it take you to get it? Well, it'll take me a good couple of minutes because I have to print it out now. Can you not just have continue conversation afterwards? Continue what? A conversation. Paul, can we continue our conversation later on? I mean, we could do that. Or, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, let's. We play- could converse now. You know, that would be the sensible option, wouldn't it? 
Mm. We're here to do I, I tell you what we're radio programme, not to chit-chat behind the scenes. If you want to do that, go and join a little chatting club somewhere. Yeah, jo- a club? <laughs> what club? <laughs> chatting. They have this in Germany. Yeah. Club for men, just check. Like the WI equivalent or something. Uh, OK, what we're going to do is we're going to play De La Soul, me, myself and I, and Paul and I are going to convaz and have a chat yep. about what he was talking about. And you can, you know... Get on my League One scores, or league, even non-league scores. Mirror, mirror on the wall, tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes, or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make-believe, people say I sit and travel. When it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself. Just me, myself, and I. Myself and I. my person by stating I'm darkly packed. I know this, so I point at Q-tip and he states black is black. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Shovel chestnuts in my path. Just keep all nuts with the nuts so I don't get an aftermath. But if I do, I'll calmly punch them in the fourth day of July. Cause they try to mess with third degree. That's me, myself, and I. Nah. Me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. It's just me, myself, and I. A little bit of daylight soul, target audience, target audience. Paul and I finish our convaz so we can uh, carry on with the broadcast. Now, uh, another hospital story. Don't worry, we're not going to get too bogged down by hospital stories. Just weeks after the reinstatement of most children's services, 
Bedford Hospital bosses will meet later to discuss a new threat to its future. Doctors and managers fear that some services may have to be moved as the result of a new contract awarding the uh, uh, new contract awarding provision of muscular skeletal services to a consortium of private companies and NHS bodies. They're warning the impacts that would have on A and E services could even lead to the closure of the hospital. Political reporter Paul Scoynes is here. Paul, we've just been celebrating the fact that Bedford mm. was getting back up on its feet after all of the nonsense last year. What's happening now? What's this contract? Well, this contract, Ian, covers, as you say, these muscular skeletal services. In layman's terms, that's bones oh. uh, and everything involving bones. So uh, orthopaedics, ankle, foot, hip, knee, shoulder, oh, all those bones. replacements. Bones, bones. basically them the bones. Now, last August, this contract was awarded to a group of companies and NHS services. That was a consortium led by a group called Circle Health, includes the L&D Hospital and some other organisations, some private, some charity, uh, and it's worth £120 million over five years. Now, you might think, well, why didn't the hospital go for that as well? It did put a bid together with the company Virgin, uh, oh. but it was a- unable to make it pay, if you like. Um, and the idea is it's going to give patients a greater say over their treatment and provide Uh, more options for care closer to home but the uh, hospital uh, says it's worried that it could lead to a reduction in some services which could have a huge impact on the way it functions. What are these concerns based on? Well the trust says it would have a big impact on its finances Uh, this could see services currently provided in the hospital move to other locations Probably, as I say, closer to patients, but also possibly in other hospitals, the Luton Dunstable Hospital, or even Hinchingbrook Hospital, which I think is near Peterborough. Now, the loss of income to the hospital could have a huge knock-on effect. The doctors say that would then result potentially in in severe disruption to the trauma department. If you don't have a trauma department, you can't really have an A&E, and there might be, quote, collateral damage of general surgery as well. Now, that would mean that perhaps you couldn't have junior doctors having placements at the hospital. Um, The hospital fear that ultimately that it could even impact on on its ability to sustain maternity and paediatric services, them again. Uh, So the hospital fear wouldn't really be left with very much. And then, of course, what happens next? You don't, you, you know, just don't know and the hospital says that this is at the very highest level on its so-called risk register which is the list of things which the hospital considers a real threat to itself doctors have written what can only be described as a stinging letter yes it's in my bag i'm afraid but the the signatories on the list yeah i've meant to show it to you at this point um the signatories on the list though are pretty you know impressive they are effectively a load of consultants. Mm. These are the people on the hospital's medical staff committee. Now, they are worried that the most lucrative operations will be so-called cherry-picked by this private-led consortium, uh, and the removal of those services will critically uh, destabilise the hospital and threaten the viability of A&E, and the hospital will enter a vicious circle of of financial shortfalls, staff cuts, and other service failings. Now, the final phase, they warn, rather chillingly in this letter, would be the closure of the hospital or a takeover by neighbouring hospitals, which, of course, we've seen, uh, you know, Know, muted in the past as well. well I, I was saying earlier, this, the, the Bedford Hospital has had such a, a, a terrible 12, 18 months, and we've covered that on the show, and like just last week or the week before, we were reporting that things were on the up, more services are being reinstigated. It, it, it has been a damaging year for them, hasn't it? Indeed. I mean, you, you mentioned that. The last year, the removal of junior doctors in paediatrics over concerns that they weren't being supported, that led to the suspension of those children's services. They only returned fully, as you said at the start of this, in January. 
there were fears then and, and we heard them on the program that there was an agenda to close this hospital uh, or to merge it with a reduction of, of services and that letter that you're looking at now uh, was written. He has found the letter, the yeah. bag has been found, the letter found, and I can, I can report that doctors do have terrible handwriting. They do, yes. Um, but that letter was written in August. Perhaps maybe, I, I wonder whether that explains the, the sort of sense of concern, mm. the sense of fear that perhaps they had at this uh, at this contract and because uh, it was at the height of the sort of crisis in paediatrics. There's a board meeting later today in Bedford. There's also a board meeting at the CCG, which is the Clinical Commissioning Group, which brings these services in and that's in Dunstable so they'll both be discussing this particular concept so we'll know later whether these fears are founded. What is the CCG saying about all of this? Well they're saying it would uh, the, the contract will concentrate more on patients outcomes and focus uh, on what matters to people uh, in a statement they said that uh, patients will be more involved in their own care uh, and in the decisions that uh, need to be made about that care and, and they also say that there'll be more options for care closer to home as we've mentioned and also delivered within the 18-week target time, which they say is not something that is consistently met by our existing providers. Uh, and they do stress that patients will still have a choice of where they receive that care. I suppose, Ian, the concern from doctors is whether or not they'll choose to have that care at the hospital. Paul, uh, fascinating stuff. Here, take your letter back. Thank Thanks. you very much indeed. Do you mind if I would just go off on a slight tangent with you? It's not usual. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a yes. Paul, the convers the, the convers we were having um, whilst De La Soul was uh, mm. playing was about Paul Scoynes has got a piano. Yes. Uh, and you want to learn piano, but you want to teach yourself. You don't want to go through the, the fuss of having a, an old spinster come to your house and teach you how to play. You want to learn yourself from books. I'd like to do that. I don't have time to, to commit to a regular sort of lesson time. Also, if you get the notes wrong, I think the uh, old spinsters, they slam mm. the, the piano cover down, the lid on your fingers. That's until you, right, yeah. you get it right, I think. So, uh, but a very simple question. Can Paul, can anybody learn how to play, even someone with sausage fingers, learn how to play <laughs> the piano from a book? Can they teach themselves? If you've done it, 08459 555 Any tips for Paul? Give us a call and let us know. I tried once to teach myself uh, to read music, and I've got another book. And I'm just wondering, that's such a hard thing to do. Every good boy deserves fruit. Uh, is that part of That's, that's the letters. Oh. E, the notes. Okay. E, G, B, D, F. Every good boy deserves fruit, as on the musical stave. Is there an A in there? Well, that's, well, that's face. Oh, what? Those are the ones in between. F-A-C-E. Well, the F's twice. Wait, let me get a pen and paper. Let me get, hang on a second. Bear, bear with See, me. this is already putting no, no, me off. It's not complicated. It's not. Co makes sense, doesn't it, Kat? You know what I'm yeah, talking about. I remember that from when I used to play the violin. Every good boy <laughs> deserves favours. We say, but oh, favours. I don't. You can't say that these days. Not with the, all the stories Fruit. in the paper. So look, you have these are your musical. These are your lines. Okay, staves. Your staves. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's your dollar Whoa, sign. Okay, <laughs> right. So in here you have F, A, C, E, mm. and then you would have. Every good boy deserves... And you're back to... Do. F. Face. F. Fruit. Every good boy deserves a... <clears throat> do a deer, a female deer. Ray, a, a drop of golden sun. sun. <laughs> Me, a, a name, name I, I call, call myself. Far, a long, long way to run. So, a needle pulling thread. Tea, a divisible soul. Tea, a drink will jam with bread. And that brings us back to dough. Oh, 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 oh. That makes it actually more confusing. 
because none of the none of the, none of the letters that you were singing actually corresponded to the letter you were pointing at. Let's try again. Do a deer, a female deer. That's an E. They, a drop of golden sun. That's an F. Me, a name, I call myself. Far, a long, long way to run. So, a needle pulling thread. La, no to follow. So, tea, a drink with jam and bread. And that brings us back to do, 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 do. She's gonna a little bit crazy, but do you get the idea? Yeah? Vaguely. Okay. Yeah. So you've learned how to play the piano. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to play that. Good, I'm glad. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In St Albans, House Lane is closed between Sandbridge and Jersey Farm because a tree's fallen in the road. On the A41, things looking slow in both directions between the Bourne End services and the Chesham turn-off. The M25 anti-clockwise heavier than normal at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. On public transport, London Underground is affected by strikes today. So if you're travelling via Euston, the Northern Line has a service operating between Edgware and Golders Green, also between High Barnet and East Finchley, which will be approximately every five minutes, but no service on the rest of the line. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. I mean that in every sense of the word. Right, 6.47. I've just been told a secret. Can't talk about it, but I've been told a secret. 6.47. Where are we now? It's Wednesday, the uh, 5th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Administrative errors at Watford Hospital may have contributed to the death of a cancer patient. Commuters are facing severe disruption today and tomorrow because of a 48-hour tube strike. And although Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-1 last night, they're still in the relegation zone. We'll take taking your calls and Paul Scoynes learning the piano and what celebrities have endorsed your local curry houses. 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a wet and windy day right the way across all three counties. We have a Met Office yellow weather warning in place for strong wind today. We could be getting gusts of 50, 60 miles per hour, but also further rainfall, 10 to 15 millimetres expected uh, right the way across. So heavy, heavy showers. Also some very strong winds coupled in. And by the middle part of the day, some prolonged spells of rain as well. So basically it's just pretty miserable, wet and windy. Temperature, perhaps the only saving grace we're looking at 10 celsius as the maximum temperature overnight tonight those heavy showers persist for a time eventually they'll start to ease as will the wind it will start to fall a little lighter as we get towards dawn tomorrow morning minimum down to three celsius brief bit of respite first thing tomorrow but then another met office yellow weather alert in force for thursday afternoon evening and through to friday morning more heavy rain forecast and then friday bit of a lull in the weather acquired today bit drier thankfully but unfortunately Unfortunately, yet another warning in place uh, Friday night into Saturday where we're expecting a very wet and windy weekend. That's your forecast. Tim, what do you want? I'm trying to do a show. You can't just keep phoning up. 
I don't, I don't keep phoning up. Oh, sorry. I, I it's you with Tim. It's di- different I Tim. I confuse you with Tim who keeps phoning up. Tim, what could we... You're live on BBC Three Counties Radio. You're living the dream. What would you like to say to us? Jonathan, regularly, but but not you. Ah. Um, I think you're a bit of a plonker most of the time. Oh. Um... um uh, if you're going to start singing, do the singing none again. Sorry? Do the singing You've started none. early, haven't you? What do you reckon? Do, do the singing none. Hello? The original. The, 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 do you mean this? Sing along, Tim. You singing, Tim? All together. Tim? Oh. Tim? So? Have you fallen over? <laughs> do you need us to call an ambulance, Tim? Um, well, I'm, I'm getting close to it. OK. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's let's stop having having this self-indulgent nonsense and have some of this self-indulgent nonsense, shall we? For goodness' sakes, a little bit of tusk. Yeah, it takes a while to kick in. Bear with us. Yeah, bear with us. Well, bear with us.
Catherine, I need to reply to someone on eBay. Right. Oh, not. Oh, no. Yes. No, it's fine. So can you 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 go through the papers? Oh, I've sat on something. Can you go through the papers? What have you yeah, got? Yeah, of course. Right, OK. Front page of the newspapers today. Charles wades into the battle for flood victims. Prince Charles sitting on a bench in corduroys and Wellington boots. Doesn't he look regal? And um, also we have the story that we've been touching on this morning. Can you type a bit? Can you type a bit less vehemently? OK. Investigation. Is that better? Oh. I can't talk about the front pages when you're doing that. OK, right, fine. I've stopped now. Right, I've replied to him. I've so, started right. my... Here we go. Oh, there's another picture of Sally Burko. Uh, does anyone else feel a little bit sorry for her? What's she done, exactly? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, why, why is she important? Why do we have to take her down in the papers? Well, I mean, well, she's just been well. a little bit trappy, hasn't she? Is that not allowed? Sat on something. Goodness me, honestly. Sat on something. You don't want to sit on one of those. So, um, the Burkos are saying they're fine. Good to hear it. Um, betrayal of 800 cancer patients. That's something we're touching on in the uh, programme today. Some of our local MPs uh, are calling for um, an... Uh, inquiry, a nationwide inquiry. Here's a shocking statistic on the front page of the Daily Express. One in four babies is born to a migrant mother. Oh, I just thought that was an observation. Why would that be a bad thing? I don't don't know. They've just done it in that voice, haven't they? Burglar beaten off with a rolling pin. A burglar broke into a house only to be confronted by a grandmother wielding a rolling pin and her daughter armed with a frying pan. You don't see um, uh, the traditional image of the housewife uh, stood at the front door with a rolling pin anymore. Mm-hmm. Andy Cap. It was Andy She Cap. was called Flo, wasn't she? Was she? Yeah, I think she was. Things that are not funny. Andy Cap, Hagar the Horrible. Fred Bassett. Fred Bassett, the, um, the, um, oh, what was that boring, uh, uh cartoon they showed at 5.25? We're getting close to talking about old kids. Ben and Lynn. Ben and Lynn? No, you're, you're, you're the, uh, li- Fred, that, Fred and Lynn, was, was it? he Fred? Wasn't that the sexy cartoon? Yeah, I don't know why, but they were in all oh, kinds of um, just... daily scenarios, but with no tops on. The, what was that, the refreshers? George and Lynn. George and Lynn. So what are they called? The, 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 the Perishers. The Perishers. They were rubbish. Uh, very quickly, uh, we've been asking what, uh, who, which celebrities have uh, endorsed your curry house. Uh, the Royal Naweeb in Moseley, Birmingham, proudly displayed a signed picture of Lord Lichfield. Oh, uh, ben Parrish says Jeff Capes. And Douglas says Darren Goff at the Cinnamon Lounge Flockton. He even has a massive starter named after him. Brilliant. Wowzers. Listen, curry houses, if you want to name a, a meal after me, a vegetarian meal, at least for the moment, then please, please, you, you have my full endorsement. As long as I get, What I'm saying is I want free food. I, want, I can eat a curry can now. Can we um, not... Do this on air. Sorry? Um, you know, the breaking of the rules. Oh, the BBC. Save rules. that for off air. BBC have got rules, haven't they? A French jewellery thief. This has got it all, right? Yeah, yeah. It's got a little bit of French flavour. It's got a cocky jewellery thief. And it's also got some justice catching up with him for being a little bit too cocky. She's, she's doing a voice, Kelly. She's a doing a voice. A French jewellery thief was caught by DNA that he left when he kissed his victim's cheek. Oh. Just to add insult to injury, the unnamed 20-year-old and an accomplice followed the 56-year-old employee of a parish jewellery store to her home last April. They bound her to a chair, gagged her and poured what they said was petrol on her. Oh. When they threatened to light it, she gave them the code to the shop's alarm system and safe. After stealing money and jewels, the thieves released her four hours later and one of them kissed her on the cheek. Bang to right. What, right, what, so. what an horrific story. Yeah. Told with a lovely little light step in your voice. Thank you for that. Here's uh, um, Light shade, my friend. Light shade. Um, it's Justice Brazil style for mugger. A Brazilian man stripped naked with a padlock around his neck 
as he tied to a lamppost, his privates are only Waxed. covered by a little bit of paper. That's what... There's a weird story. Is it in here? Oh, ow. Sorry. Where's the story? This is, this is a cracking line from um, Gary Lineker. Right, Gary Lineker, page uh, seven of the sum. Gary Lineker yesterday warned England fans to avoid prostitutes during the World Cup in Brazil. That, you could end it there. That would be great. Morally, that would be the right thing to do. Yeah, there's a, there's a few more words. There, there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more words to that sentence. Let me read it in completion. Gary Lineker yesterday warned England fans to avoid prostitutes during the World Cup in Brazil in case the girls are underage. Oh. That's the only reason. Top tip. Be careful, lads. They might be underage. Not that, hey, it's morally corrupt and They're these women being are being exploited. exploited. Yeah. Uh, 08459 555555. Last thing, very quickly. Uh, the, the, the tiny thing on page three. No, tiny thing on page three. Myling Class has told of her regret at not making her ex husband sign a prenuptial agreement. Would you ever do a prenup? Cost her £1.8 million not doing it. I've not got loads of money, so I don't think anyone would need anything to sign. But um, I can see why if you've amassed a small fortune, you might want to just safeguard it, especially if you've got children. It takes out the romance, though. Imagine, hey, would you marry me? I'd love to. This is great. Yeah, Just one thing. before, Could you sign this thing saying that when we divorce... But if you've got children by someone else, oh. you don't want someone else digging into their inheritance. You don't go getting married expecting it to go wrong. You go and get thinking that this is going to be the person you're going to share your life with. Now, it doesn't always work like that, but you have to go in thinking this is going to be the, the thing, don't you? But just in case, let's just make sure the kids are all right. 08459 555 The prenups take the romance out of getting married. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, things are heavy going already between 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. In St Albans, House Lane is closed between Sandbridge and Jersey Farm because a tree has fallen in the road. On public transport, London Underground affected by strikes today. Multiple stations are closed, so worth checking ahead of your journey. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. More on prenups. Laura, some incredible stories about hospitals. All that coming up after the news and sport with Serena. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines. Watford hospital break rules. Commuters face severe delays. And Bedford Hospital may even close. BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs in Hertfordshire have called for an urgent inquiry after Watford Hospital broke NHS rules in dealing with cancer patient appointments. The administrative errors were meant there were delays in seeing patients, which may have contributed to the death of one of them. Mike Penning, the Conservative MP for Hemel Hempstead, spoke to Ian Lee just a little earlier. If you and I miss a GP's appointment, you know, that's wrong and we should have contacted them and let them know. But people that are waiting for cancer treatment, there's a myriad of different reasons why they would have missed that appointment. So that's why the protocol was there nationally to say, you contact these people and get them in so the treatment at the oncology department can take place. And it never happened. And there'll be more on this story here on BBC Three Counties Radio straight after this bulletin. In other news this morning, local police services are looking to recruit more special constables to try and save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Bedfordshire Police, Thames Valley and Hertfordshire are all set to hire more than 100 over the next two years. 
Andy Fittis chairs the National Police Federation Specials Working Group. He says they've been around for a long time. They're a traditional part of policing and their role was always to support regular officers in doing their work. And of course in these times of austerity, the, the more help the better, I think, really. So a lot of officers in a lot of counties do really appreciate the help the special constables give. Commuters are facing severe disruption today and tomorrow, all because of a 48-hour tube strike. Members of two unions are taking part in the stoppage, which is due to be repeated next week as well. Although 750 jobs will be lost, Transport for London says there'll be no compulsory redundancies. Well, these passengers at Euston Station were asked for their opinion last night. No, I'll get the bus. I mean, it's annoying, but yeah, it's London. They always have tube strikes. I'm slightly put out, but it's not a long period of time to put up with. And obviously Boris Johnson did promise to uh, keep those ticket booths open, and that's not happening. And I completely understand why Bob Crow and the unions do want to make a big deal out of this, and I think they're perfectly entitled to. You know, look, fair play to them. They're not getting paid enough. You know, um, who am I to say that? If they want to strike, let them strike. Now, Bedford Hospital may close all because of a new contract. A private-led group will take over the running of services, which may mean some will be moved elsewhere. Doctors say if the consortium cherry-pick the most lucrative operations, it would compromise trauma, A&D services and ultimately the hospital itself. More storms have caused power cuts in thousands of homes across south-west England in particular. At one point, 44,000 homes were cut off. And in sports, Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-1 in League One last night. The home side, though, remain bottom after the victory, but a Francois Zoko penalty and a brace from Darius Charles gave Borough those all-important three points. So it will stay windy and quite wet today, temperatures reaching 10 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Thank you, Serena. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's just gone seven o'clock. Lots to talk about this morning. MPs are calling for an urgent nationwide inquiry after a muff-up at Watford Hospital led to unnecessary and potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. Our local police forces are bulking up their ranks with specials. They have the same training and powers of arrest as the regulars, but what's so special about them? They don't cost nothing. Myling Class is in the paper saying that because she didn't get a prenup, her marriage, which lasted six months, cost her £1.8 million. Would you ever get a prenup? Or do they ruin the romance? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, MPs are calling for an urgent inquiry after administrative errors at Watford Hospital led to unnecessary and potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. It's emerged the hospital failed to comply with NHS guidelines on appointments, which meant that hundreds of patients who, for whatever reason, didn't attend their first consultation were not offered a second. Well, it's feared this may have contributed to at least one death. Joined now by Geoff Brown, who's Chief Executive of Health Watch Hertfordshire. This is... uh, Pretty poor show, isn't it, Jeff? It certainly is, Ian. Yeah, um, it's very grim news, really, and, and very difficult for the families involved. You'll be part of the independent review, won't you? What, what exactly will that entail? 
Um, well, there were a mixture of sort of specialists uh, in terms of people who are cancer specialists, people who are specialists in terms of understanding the administration and so on of, uh, of the cancer pathways. Um, and they'll be talk they'll talking to people who were in employed by the hospital about how things work, but also looking in detail at the systems and in a way why people weren't attending those appointments and uh, why they weren't being offered another appointment if they didn't attend. So it's looking in detail at what's happened and seeing if there are lessons to be learned um, very much locally, but also on, in, nationally as well. So if, if they missed their first appointment at the hospital, or they, missed the, they kind of went to the beginning of the queue again, is that right? They had to well, go back yeah, to the GP uh, we, and yeah. get referred again? Uh, exactly. We don't, we don't quite know why, but of, of these sort of 800 people affected... Uh, for some reason, they didn't attend their first appointment, uh, but they should, um, following the, the, the guidance, they should have been offered a second appointment, but they weren't. Um, so, as you say, it was, it was back to the beginning for them. Jeff, is it true that you were also part of the Trust's own internal inquiry? Uh, yeah, well, I was involved, really, to, to um, look at the letters that were going, to, to going out to people and thinking from a patient's perspective um, how, how I would have felt if I'd received that letter. So... In some ways, it was important to explain about the administrative review. But for those people um, whose cases had been reviewed uh, and the situation was OK, they needed reassurance in the letter as well as an explanation of what had happened. So we were, we were there really to provide a patient's perspective on what was going on. The front page of the Daily Mail, uh, at least, it, well, it says here at least two people may have died uh, and uh, further 121 may have suffered life-threatening delays in diagnosis or treatment. Yeah, and it's those 121 people whose cases are currently being reviewed. Um, we want those to be re- reviewed pretty speedily, and so those people's minds can be put at rest, hopefully. And it says two people have died. Do we, do we know that for sure? Do we know that that's um, connected with this? Uh, well, the, two people have died. Um, the, the information from, from the Trust looks as though it, it may have been a contributive factor in, in one case. In the other case, um, the, the cancer had developed quickly by the time the treatment happened. It, it, you know, that, it may not have been a delay that caused the problem there, but in one case it, it may well have impacted as far as we understand. And, and that's the thing with, with cancer. I've got uh, someone very close to me who's going through treatment at the moment, and you have to, um, you have to act on it quickly, don't you? you? You can't, once it's diagnosed, you need to get in there pretty sharpish. Uh, absolutely, and, it, and it's really important, to, you know, if people do get an appointment, that they are attending those appointments and, and the, you know, they should be getting an appointment within that two-week period, precisely for what you're saying, to get that treatment quickly. MPs are, are pushing for a nationwide inquiry on this. Do you, th- do you think that's uh, the right thing to do? Well, I think we ought to find out um, what's, gone, what's gone wrong and what the reasons were and to what extent the problems that have been uncovered at, at Watford are problems that could, have, could be the case elsewhere. So I think I'd, I'd like to find out a bit more before we go into a nationwide inquiry. Now, we don't know why these people, th- these 800 patients, didn't turn up. It could be they simply didn't bother to turn up. They could have been too ill. There's also a suggestion they may not have received appointment letters. Absolutely, and we don't, we don't know why, and that's part, going to be part of the investigation to find out whether they did get their letter. Uh, and, and if they did, why they didn't attend, as you say, they might have been too ill or for some reason decided not to attend. Jeff, uh, thank you for your time. We'll follow this story very closely. If you want to, it's, it's very rarely. I, uh, it's Jeff Brown there, by the way, Chief Executive of uh, Health Watch Hertfordshire. It's very rarely I use the mail as kind of um, uh, a, a, st- a sounding board for, uh, for a story. But it is on the front page of the mail, and it does seem they've got the information right. <coughs> Excuse me, a frog in my throat. 
Uh, betrayal of 800 cancer patients. More than 800 patients suspected, suspected of having cancer were discharged from a hospital by mistake. At least two of them died, and uh, according to Jeff there, one of those deaths is almost certainly, is, is very likely to be linked to, um, to this uh, mistake. And a further 121 may have suffered life-threatening delays in diagnosis or treatment. None turned up for their initial examinations, however, possibly because they did not receive appointment letters. And that's the thing. If they didn't receive the appointment letters, then they had to go back to the beginning. They had to go to the, 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 the end of the queue again. By that, going to their GP. 08459 four double five five double five. If uh, you or anyone you know has been affected by that, if you were one of those patients, uh, or if you feel you've been let down by uh, the hospital services, then do give me a call. Uh, we're also talking, uh, well, lots of things. We're kind of, kind of firing lots of things out at the moment. Curry houses that have been uh, endorsed. They always get endorsed by the most random people. The drummer from um, uh, The Darkness. Do you remember The Darkness? I was asked years ago, ten years ago, to go on Celebrity Stars in Their Eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I said, I'd love to. I want to go on as um, Beyonce. They said, because they used to let you black up. The first guy that ever won Stars in Their Eyes was a white guy who did... Um, like uh, Richie? No, he did um, Nat King Cole. Oh, did he? He was right. from Liverpool, remember it? And he, he blacked up. And they said, no, you can't black up. I said, oh. And you can't... You can't uh, I, I don't think they would let me do cross-gender either. I said, OK, I'll be Gene Simmons from Kiss. They said, no, no, no. We want you to be um, the bloke from The Darkness. I was like, oh. Um, OK, well, similar outfit to Beyonce. Yeah, I said, you know what, I'll pass. I practised it a bit in my car, and I said, oh, do you know what, I'll, I'll pass on that, thanks. Really? It's a really high force... I believe in the thing called love. Just <laughs> Anyone could do that though, can't they? <laughs> I thought, no, they want me to look silly. Uh, I'm not having that. I could have pulled Beyonce off. I could have done. I used to do a really good Beyonce. I used to do a cracking Beyonce. Oh, really? I could have carried her. Go on then. I'm not doing it now. Why? It was 10 years ago. It's all what, in the walk. What Beyonce song did you do? Bam, 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 bam. It's all in the walk because she uh -oh, does the walk uh -oh, like that. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Like no, no. That. Oh, here, that looks a bit more like Charlie Drake. No, 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 no. It's not Charlie Drake. It's Beyonce. Look, she does the. <laughs> wow. I got some junk in the trunk. So that's what you were going to base the performance on? <laughs> the but walk. you thought you might look silly as someone else? Uh, yeah, well, come to you first, Catherine. That was going to be the start. Every good impressionist, Mike Yarwood, um, I was going to say Alistair McGowan, but I'm talking about good impressionist. <gasps> he, uh, they start from, they, they just have a little nugget. They have a little nugget they start from, whether it be a facial tick, uh, it be the way they say their, their roll their R's, uh, or it could be the walk. Judy Dench gets her characters from her shoes. You see? Once I've got the shoes right, I know I get the and She's a dame. Yeah. Uh, so I would have done a cracking Beyonce. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with blacking up. Uh, I don't think if it's done with respect, and it's, if you're not mocking, and I wouldn't have been mocking, it would have been respectful. Don't you go crazy right now? Your love's going crazy right now. Oh, well, I'm sure we all feel the loss of uh, televisual magic. You, there was three grand they were going to pay me. Oh. Yeah, you see. Dennis, you'd like to see me as Beyonce, wouldn't you? No, I'd like to see you as Kelly, because when she's you not there, obsessed. the whole place falls apart. You are obsessed. Can you stop? You, I saw the pictures you sent, Kelly. Yes, but the thing is... Yeah, I know. Uh, Can yes, you, you've got to stop sending those pictures. She's not going to sit on it. I know. I thought she might have found out where it was and fallen off. She knows exactly where it is. She's no, not going to go anywhere near it. She doesn't want to touch that, you, Dennis. You, you take your boys down there. You won't get the. You won't get them off once they're on it. I'll tell He's you. talking about rocking horses, by the way, dear listener. It's a rocking horse. He sent her a picture of a rocking horse. Yeah, it's the, the best, the very best, the very best. Yeah, well, that's right. What it do you want, fella? The fifth. Now then, prenups. Yes. 
I got the, the other side of that. I went into the bank the other day. Is this? It, can, can I just? Life. Can I just? Just ask you, Dennis. Yes. Is this going to be a really lame joke? As you often? No, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. So I just want to point out, you know, this prenup business. Yeah. Now. We've been married for a long time. I know exactly how much money she's got. She knows I do. Now, I went in the bank to get a readout for her. She gave me a card. I went in the bank. I've got a readout. I'm standing there with this readout in my hand. And in the other hand, I'd got a letter which she received where there was a small amount of money being put on one side for an overdraft, which she doesn't even know anything about. Mm. So I said to the woman, could you explain it? She said, is it your account? I said, no, it's my Oh, I can't talk to you about that. Oh. Freedom of information. I said, God, I'm living with a woman. Oh. I've got a... I've got a card in my hand, so I know everything about it. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, but to so, be honest, to be honest, Dennis, you might have bumped her off. They all probably... It doesn't matter. I could still draw the money out. No oh, problem. Oh. What I'm saying is, I understood when we first married, you were considered one. You could not be forced to give evidence against your wife and so on. So I you always said we were considered as one. Right. So, you know, it's, it's just absolutely crazy. When you get married, you have to assume it's forever. Now, a lot of marriages, it's just, just under 50%, I think, of about 45% of marriages don't last. But you have to assume it's going to last forever, ever, otherwise there's no point in doing it, is there? Well, that's what mine has lasted forever. Well, they're still, they're still... Four years of it, I hope. Dennis, there's still a chance she might wise up one day and boot you out. In that case, then, I've got a, a card. I can take the money with me. There you go, you see. He's got it all sorted. There's still time, Dennis. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number. Do prenups ruin the romance of a relationship? 7.15, let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, the exit slip road is closed at the Newport Pagnell services because a vehicle has broken down. Next service station, uh, further south, is Toddington, just after Junction 12 for Flittick. Uh, also heavy going between 9 for Redbourne and 10 for Luton Airport. In St Albans, House Lane is closed between Sandbridge and Jersey Farm because a tree has fallen in the road. On public transport, London Underground affected by strikes today. The Northern Line is running between Edgware and Golders Green and also between High Barnet and East Finchley and Mill Hill East. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Coming up to 7.16, it's Wednesday the 5th of February. I mean, Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims administrative errors at Watford Hospital contributed to the death of a cancer patient. Local police services are looking to recruit more special constables to try and save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. And in sport, Stevenage is still bottom of League One despite beating Gillingham 3-1 last night. If you want to get, touch in with the, get in touch with the show, 08459... Four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a board suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes you have to turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Beds, Hearts and Thames Valley Police will be recruiting more special constables in a bid to save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Can you get your thoughts on this? Uh, how does that sit with you? 
these special constables have the same powers of arrest as a regular officer, but they cost less, because they're free. They're already boosting the ranks in Hertfordshire, carrying out 135,000 hours of work in the past year. Gosh, they must be tired. Uh, joined now by Richard Downs, who is a special constable with Hertfordshire Police. Morning, Richard. Good morning. Richard, wh- why did you sign up as a special? Uh, well, I live, I'm a rural special, so I sort of patrol the rural areas. Oh. That doesn't mean to say I can't go into the towns and cities. Uh, but I live in a rural location, and I want to get involved in some of the sort of preventing the crime and sort of detecting the crime that affected me directly. Why? What, what crime was affecting you directly? Um, fly tipping, theft of red diesel, hair coursing, poaching. And why did you feel you had... Some, some might think that, that actually training and becoming a special is an extreme way of uh, dealing with local issues. Uh, it is. Um, however, I wanted a bit of a challenge and I wanted to put something back into the sort of rural community. And I felt that uh, be, me being a sort of rural person, I could sort of provide those links between the rural, rural side and also the police as well. And you've got, you've got, you've got pretty much the same powers, haven't you, as a regular officer? Yes, we've got exactly the same powers, we carry exactly the same equipment. If you stood a special constable and a regular officer side by side, you wouldn't be able to tell who was a regular and who was a special constable. How long have you been doing it for, Richard? Um, coming up for four years now. Right. Have you, have you arrested people? Yes, we've arrested people, we've taken cars off the road for no insurance, um, found cannabis farms. You know, it's exciting as well as yeah. providing a service. Oh, I bet it is. What, was it, what did it feel like the first time you arrested someone? Were you nervous? Uh, yeah, of course, it's nervous. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you're not let you know you're not let loose just to sort of carry out this <laughs> no, of course. ongoing training. But yes, yeah, you're coached through every aspect of the training and uh, arrests. Now you've got a, a I was going to say a proper job. You've got a day job as well, haven't you? Yes, my day job. I'm a gamekeeper and an estate manager uh, for a private family, so I'm, I'm based rurally as well. Okay, how do you manage the the two? Um, well, my special and my sort of day job sometimes do overlap, um, so I can carry out both at the same time. Right. Okay. And what's the, the reaction, what reception do you get from your colleagues, the regular police officers? Uh, a good reception, in short. I work closely with PC Brian Evans of Hemel Hempstead. Um, we've got a good working relationship, not just him, but the whole team as well at Hemel. Now, are you, are you happy? Because I, I was surprised to find out that you guys, who've got the same powers as the, the regular police, don't get paid. The PCSOs who have l- significantly less powers, they do get paid. That's right. I mean, special, the, the special constable, uh, constabulary, has always been a voluntary role uh, it, since it's sort of infancy, sort of hundreds of odd years ago. So it's always been a voluntary thing, and that is the way it's always been understood. And are you, are you happy to stay as a special, Richard, or is, is there a part of you thinking, oh, I might, uh, I, I might d- d- change careers here? Um, myself, I wouldn't change careers. I've got no. the best of both worlds, I think, yes. Well, Richard, keep up the good work. Thank you very much indeed. It's uh, Richard Downs. He's a rural special constable. Over to you, dear listener. If you've done it, if you're doing it, if you've considered doing it, why? Why would you do it? What do you get out of it? I'm sure there's a a sense of satisfaction. As Richard said, it's quite exciting. They found a cannabis farm and arrested people. That does sound exciting, doesn't it? It does. Imagine arresting somebody. How cool would that be? 08459 455 555. And if you're just a general member of the, of the public, a citizen, a civilian, how do you feel about more specials being um, recruited? They go through the same training, just over a longer period of time. They've got the same powers as regular police, they just don't get paid. Does that, 
Does that demean the regular police slightly? 08459 455 555. Pat's texted him. Uh, first of all, we introduce PCSOs who have the powers of ordinary citizens, only we pay for these professional witnesses, and now policing on the very cheap with more police specials being recruited. Given that 44% of traffic officers in Bedfordshire have been reduced over the past four years, the biggest cut in the country, will we see more full-time officers replaced, leading to a freebie part-time service? Let's forget about criminals. It's too much money to jail them and let anarchy prevail, just like we have on our roads. Well, Pat, I don't think we quite, I don't think quite have anarchy on the roads. We have some idiots driving around. I'd hardly call it anarchy. Anarchy will be people driving at 120 miles an hour, ignoring the traffic lights and driving on the wrong side of the street. We don't see that very often. Thank goodness. Or maybe you do, Pat. I don't know. What's life like where you live? Uh, and on the subject of uh, curry houses being endorsed, they're always endorsed by um, odd celebrities. Well, Jack and Olney says Snoop Dogg, the rapper had several chefs from the Four Pillars in Olney flown to a Brits award night with lots of food to be cooked for him and his entourage. I couldn't eat a curry uh, if I was working that night. Couldn't, I once had a curry with my accountant for lunch. That was an awkward meal and an awkward afternoon afterwards. I tell you that. Should we have a look at the front pages of the newspapers? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Oh, by the way, we put this out earlier on. Uh, Home-tutored musicians. Paul Scoyne's the political reporter. Uh, He wants to learn to play the piano, but he wants to teach himself. Is that possible? Now, I learnt how to play basic guitar by teaching myself, and I can play the introduction to Daydream Believer on the piano. I taught myself. Can you learn how to play the piano on your own? It's a little bit more complicated than the guitar, isn't it? Guitar, you learn a few chords, wallop, you're in. Bish, bash, bosh. Ukulele, even easier. Piano... You, you kind of have to separate your brain into two sections. Your, your right part of your brain is doing the melody and then the left part is doing the bass notes, isn't it? There's apps now, though. You could use your um, tablet and play on there and that kind of teaches no, you. No, that doesn't teach well, you. Well, it might teach you the, the, no. the basics. No, it doesn't. You need to get your hands on a good old-fashioned bit of ebony, good old-fashioned bit of ivory. You need to tinkle those bad boys as, as much. You can't do it on, a, on an app. Some people haven't got ebony and ivory money. Well, Paul Scoyne says, you get pianos for free. Really? Yeah, I asked him how much his piano cost. He said he got it for free. Because this is true. You go on eBay, there'll be loads of pianos for 99 pence. Wow. Uh, the reason is, uh, you can't get rid of them. You can't chuck them away. And the, the cost is in the transporting. It costs two or three hundred quid to get it moved from one place to another. But you can get a piano for free. I've thought about getting a piano. Yeah. And having a piano in the house. I thought about that too, but we're open plan. You need to be able to shut the door on it, don't you? Yeah, you do. That's, that's the thing. You need to be able to shut the door on that. Any tips on uh, Paul Scorin's learning how to play the piano? 0845. Yes, we are. 08459 455 555. The front page of the Times. Uh, become an art expert in five days. What? Times Art School. Four page pull out inside. I'm going straight to that bad boy. I want to become an art expert. I don't know if I can wait five days, though. Where is this? Uh... Ah, art school. 20 best animals in art. Rousseau's tiger or Dürer's hare? Which is your favourite animal painting? The Times Art School. Sorry? Let's have a look. I'll tell you. Well, they've not got a picture of it. Oh, uh, go hare. There's a picture of a, a, a lamb with its feet tied up. Don't like that. The, the hare. Albert, Albrecht de Dürer, 1502. It, fair play. That is a cracking picture of a hare. That, I mean, it looks like a hare. Yeah. Doesn't it? Well done. Doesn't it? Don't it just? Uh, there's a polar bear. There's a giraffe. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, the best one's the giraffe with the Indian fellas. Let's see. It's a giraffe. There's some Indian fellas holding something and a giraffe is bending its neck. That's the best one. Oh, 
That's nice, though, isn't it? That's a bit photographic for me. I prefer uh, something a bit fuzzier. Well, that, that, that one's rubbish. Anyway, the, the, the unicorn in captivity is rubbish. Uh, there's that in the Times, if you want to have a look at that. Uh, also on the front page of the Times, uh, there's uh, Prince Charles. Is, uh, well, it looks like he's told a naughty joke to a, a, an old lady. I don't think he has. Her name is Lady Gas. Prince Charles was warmly greeted on his visit to Machelney in the Somerset Levels with Lady Gas. And it looks like, well, it looks like he's let, well, I don't know if you can say this about the Royals, it looks like he's let some gas. Because she's turning away, covering her nose, she looks disgusted, and he's got a cheeky grin on his face. It does, doesn't it, Catherine? It looks like he's, um, he's done a royal pardon. (laughs) Doesn't it? We're the BBC. Um, House prices boom to last ten years, signals Osborne. Wowzers. The Guardian. Um, Grayling vows to get tougher on terrorism. Good, good, why not? Uh, MEP exposes ugly side of UKIP over Islam. A UKIP MEP believes that British Muslims should sign a special code of conduct and warns it was a big mistake for Europe to allow an explosion of mosques across their land. Well, I think the thing is we're trying to stop the explosions of mosques, aren't we? Oh, I see, you mean lots of mosques starting up. Gerard Batten, who represents London and is a member of the party's executive, told The Guardian yesterday he stood by a charter of Muslim understanding, which he commissioned in 2006. The document asks Muslims to sign a declaration rejecting violence and says parts of the Quran that promote violent physical jihad should be regarded as inapplicable, invalid and non-Islamic. Wowzers. Uh, The front page of The Independent, hooked on heroin, a middle-class addict story, and the battle for Homs. Patrick Coburn is the only Western journalist to witness the latest eruption in a city that is the flashpoint of Syria's savage civil... You do have to wonder, these reporters who are in war zones like Syria and and things like that, you do have to wonder, don't you, what are you doing there? Come home, for goodness. Have you got no family? No, you can't do that. Oh, yes, you get a good story. Yes, it must be exciting. No, it's dangerous. For goodness sakes. What are you thinking? Uh, the Daily Mail, uh, there's Prince Charles holding court um, in the flood. Uh, and, of course, uh, the story we're talking about, investigation after clerical error leaves two dead, hundreds at risk. Betrayal of 800 cancer patients. This is... Uh, um, it's Watford Hospital, isn't it? Yes. Incredible story. Um, the Daily Express, worst storm of year on the way. Oh, fantastic. One in four babies is born to a migrant mother and the son hands off his Sally's. There's that picture of Sally Burko snogging uh, a gentleman. She looks, I mean, let's be honest, she looks trashed, doesn't she? Doesn't she? Uh, snogging that gentleman um, in a nightclub. Uh, local a story, of course. And ministers sneak in alcohol price fix. Ministers were last night accused of hitting hard-up Brits by sneaking in proposals for a minimum price for booze. Lager, vodka and wine will all be hit under shock home office plans to ban stores from selling below-cost alcohol from April. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Give us a call. Uh, prenups. Would you ever sign a prenup? Mylene Class, the lady, uh, is in the paper saying that she wishes she'd signed a prenup. Her marriage lasted a whole six months. Wow. And it cost her £1.8 million. But if you sign a prenup, you're kind of saying, look, do you know what? I don't know if this is going to last or not. And don't you have to go into marriage assuming it will be forever? 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 London bound, an exit slip road is closed at the Newport Pagnell services because a vehicle has broken down. Also, the M1 London bound is heavy going between 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. On the speed sensors, the A41 southbound is queuing at the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have service suspended between Finsbury Park and Moorgate because of strike action. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Serena Farrow with the headlines. The reclaims administrative errors at Watford Hospital contributed to the deaths of a cancer patient. Elsewhere, police services across the three counties are looking to recruit more special constables. It's all to try and save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Commuters are facing severe disruption today and tomorrow, all because of a 48-hour tube strike. And firefighters in Buckinghamshire are calling for a change in the law. It follows a huge warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell last month. That's the news now. Let's turn to all the morning sport. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, bad news for Stevenage. They're still bottom of League One, though. That's despite beating Gillingham 3-1 last night. Manager Graham Wesley says his side will continue to fight, though. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're down, that's uh, that's for sure. We're, we're down the bottom, and uh, I think tonight it was about sending the message out that we might be down, but we're not out. It's uh, very much game on from our point of view. Um, we're looking forward to the games that are ahead of us, and it was important to start with three points tonight, which the boys did. Turning to FA Cup news and Fulham have been knocked out. They lost 1-0 to Sheffield United in their fourth round replay at Craven Cottage with the League One side scoring just the last minute of extra time. Swansea City have sacked their manager, Michael Lodrup. Club captain Gary Monk will now take charge of the team for the foreseeable future. Locally, in Conference South, Bishop Stortford beat Staines Town 1-0 last night. In the Southern League Premier Division, it was a 3-2 victory for St Albans, who were playing Alsey. Bedford Town got thrashed by Pool Town 5-1, but Chesham were doing the pulverising this time at home to Banbury. They won 8-0, whilst Hemel Hempstead beat Biggleswade Town 3-0. And finally, in Division 1 Central, Dunstable lost 2-0 to Barton Rovers. <coughs> And that was finally football. Uh, now we've got cricket. Oh, so just, I've got a text for you about the football. Hang on. OK. Kevin Peterson's England career has come to an end. Poor lad. Uh, he's told by England and Wales Cricket Board it doesn't feature in the team's plans going forward. But, you know, he's, he's okay. at least a decade. No, no, no. I've got a text for you about the football. Yeah, go on. Uh, from Ian. It says, great win for Borough. Yeah. But typically you have to lead with the negative that Borough are still bottom. But it's not negative, it's a fact. Well, it, well, I mean, it was great, don't get me wrong, great score, no? Yeah. But it kind of speaks for itself that you know, okay. the relegations are right at the very so bottom. What's your what's your message to uh, this listener, Ian, who's who's upset? You've upset him. I'll, I'll, I'll rewrite and I'll rejig it. Make it sound, you know, upbeat. saucy, yeah. Of course you can make it sound great that yeah. a team's at the bottom of that league. Great convaz. Lovely, thank you. Oh, hang on a minute, I've not got the right thing. Hang on, let me do that again. <sighs> great convaz. Slick. Yeah, can we do it again in an hour? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go, here we go. Now we're getting the stars. We asked what celebrities have endorsed your uh, Indian restaurants. Uh, Cookie Munch on Twitter says, My local Chinese has a Nick Cave autograph on a silk print. A Nick Cave autograph on a silk print? Although does a Chinese count? Well, um, yeah, just... Cookie, just. Um, it can do. 
Right. Um, Paul Scoyne, political reporter. He's a sensitive man at heart. He can play the steel drums, guys. That's a fact. He can actually play the steel drums. He can also play... Um, that, you know, what's the name of the instrument that you, you, you blow in and play a keyboard? He can play that. <laughs> Well, if that wasn't enough, he wants to learn the pl- to play the piano. He's got soul, you see. He may not be technically perfect, but he's got passion. Can you learn to play the piano on your own? Betty's in Bedford. Morning, Betty. Good morning. Betty, can you... Le- what do you think to this, first of all? It's a bit much first thing in the morning. It, it, it is a little bit much. He's got, but you can tell he's got, he's got passion for music. He may not be technically perfect, but he's got passion. Can you learn to play the piano, Betty, on your own from books? You can, yes. Oh, did you do it? No, I didn't, but um, lots of people have. If you have the John Thompson books, ah. they're really made for children. Yes. But they're so simple, it teaches you everything as you go along, your finger placement as well as the theory. Ah, John Thompson. Yes. Okay. So he gets book one and then you go book two, etc. It doesn't take very long. How do you know so much, Betty, about this? <laughs> because we're a musical family. Ah. Uh, my son learnt with John Thompson. And how good is your son now? Well, he stopped the piano for, because he had an injury, but he now oh. plays bass guitar and he oh. has his own band. Bass guitar. Uh, and what do you play, Betty? I used to play the piano until arthritis took over. Oh, dear. How frustrating. But, uh, these things happen. Yes. Do you, do you miss it? You must miss it. Oh, yes. Yeah. You can still play with one finger, right. but it's not quite the same. Well, Betty, thank you for sharing your knowledge with us this no morning. Time. Thank you very much indeed. What, we have lo- what lovely listeners we have. John, John Thompson. You want to get John Thompson books, and that, that will sort you out, Paul. Now, doctors and managers at Bedford Hospital say the future of the hospital could be under threat because of a new contract being discussed today. The provision of musculoskeletal services, including hip and knee replacements, has been given to a consortium of private companies and NHS bodies. But the hospital fears it could end up with some services being moved, and that would impact on A&E services and could even lead to the closure of the hospital. Well, Ed Neal is the medical director at Bedford Hospital and joins me now. Morning, Ed. Good morning. This sounds very dramatic. Could we really see A&E close, or is this all a little bit of scaremongering? Um, well, it's certainly not scaremongering. I think the, the real concern for us is the unknown at this stage. Um, the clinical commissioning group, who are our local GPs that buy healthcare for the population of Bedfordshire, um, have been tendering the contract for elective MSK services. That's planned operations, planned physiotherapy for aches and pains, um, wearing out joints, uh, etc. Um, the problem that we have as a hospital is that that is half of the work of our orthopaedic surgeons. The other half is trauma. People who fall down, break bones, um, break their hip, the elderly that break their hips. And our concern is that until this contract is signed and we know exactly what we're going to be delivering, we don't know whether we will still be able to support either a very expensive trauma service here, 
which of course we will not help our bottom line financially or whether we will have no trauma service here which would seriously affect accident and emergency as I'm sure you can imagine. So we've heard uh, people con- comparing this to a game of Jenga. If you pull out the wrong block, that's it. The tower falls over. That is the risk that the board is wor- our board is worried about and we'll be considering at their meeting this morning. Um, the, the, the all health specialties uh, within a hospital, very few of them stand independently and can be taken out uh, or changed dramatically without having an impact on other services. So, for instance, our orthopaedic services share junior doctors on call at night with our general surgical services. Um, General surgery is required for gynaecology. Uh, and so on, and, and the, the, you can see that it's a very complex jigsaw, and if you have a significant piece of a jigsaw missing, you don't end up with the whole picture. It wouldn't be in the CCG's interest to close the hospital, though, would it? I sincerely hope not, no. Um, I think that we need a high-quality hospital in Bedford for the people of Bedford, and I've been saying that for many years. I, I think the problem that we have at the moment is that the, the CCG put out the requirement to tender um, early last year. Uh, the consortium won the preferred bidder status. The current consortium won the preferred bidder status in August. Um, we have had negotiations with them. They were supposed to sign on the dotted line for the contract to start on the 1st of last month. Um, That didn't happen. We're now told that they will be signing so that things can start on the 1st of April. Um, But as things stand, we still don't know how much work we will be doing, what work we will be doing, um, or who will be doing it. And that's very unsettling for our staff. Um, we ha- it can lead to problems with retention of staff. We have some excellent members of staff here, in not just doctors but physiotherapists, nurse occupa- nurses, and occupational therapists. Um, and we want to be able to keep them, but the uncertainty is, is, is making them worry. Why the delay in signing the contract? If they were going to do it last month and now it's put off to April, why was there that, that delay? Um, well, I. You would have to ask either Circle or the CCG for the detailed reasons. I I suspect, and our belief as an organisation, as the hospital, is that the the complete chain, if you like, of everybody that will provide every different part had not yet been finalised and agreed, and therefore, obviously, you can't... um, agree to provide a whole pathway of care for a patient if you have elements of that still missing. So I think, I think it is probably that Circle, the preferred bidder, were, were still negotiating with all of their partners on the total pathway. The hospital, of course, did bid for the contract with, uh, with Virgin. Uh, is this just sour grapes? No, actually the hospital didn't bid for the contract. Um, we went into partnership as we, were, um, we, 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 as we were required to do. We went into partnership with Virgin Healthcare to put a bid in for the contract. Um, we worked very hard, put a lot of effort into that, into that partnership. But a week before the bids were required, before the closing date, um, it became very clear that under the terms of the contract as it was proposed, um, both Virgin and Bedford Hospital would potentially be losing money. 
Um, and Virgin therefore pulled out of our partnership, so we didn't put in a bid. Um, and this is what concerns us. The, the CCG locally in Bedfordshire um, already spend less on average than on MSK services than many other um, CCG, similar CCGs around the country. And um, although it sounds as though the, the contract is very lucrative, it's £120 million over five years, um, that is less than the projected spend if we leave the situation as it is with the current, um, if you like, routine um, processes within the NHS. Ed, there's a letter that uh, we've seen this morning that's, that's signed by a significant number of doctors. It's fairly stark. Without an A&E, could the hospital function? The hospital can function without an A&E. There are many hospitals that function without an A&E. I believe that this hospital and that the people of Bedford um, deserve an A&E department. Uh, I believe that the... Um, there is a that, that we should be fighting to ensure there is an A&E department here. And in actual fact, the CCG are also at the moment um, leading on a consultation, on a consult, not a consultation, sorry, on a, um, a review of health services across Bedfordshire and Mil Milton Keynes. They're leading on behalf of Bedfordshire and Milton Keynes CCG on behalf of Milton Keynes, looking at providing future sustainable services in both towns. So we, we, we would like to know how this tender, this contract, links into that review, which only began a couple of weeks ago. Final question, Ed. Uh, the contract is hopefully being signed at the beginning of April. What, what's the timeline on this? When will it, we start to see a knock-on effect? Um, well, at the moment, we don't know the details of that contract. Um, we have had discussions, and obviously some of those are commercially confident. But I, I suspect that it will take some months to put new pathways in place, uh, because what we want to do, as, the, as do the CCG, is make sure that the new pathways of care that we put in place, the new ways and places to access um, good quality physiotherapy and orthopaedic opinions um, are right for patients. We're not going to put something in, in place that is worse than we have now. We're not going to put something in place that is um, wrong for patients. Uh, so it will take, once we have the details of the contract, it will take some months to change the pathway to get everything in place. But I would hope that very, very quickly patients will, will start to see a better service if the contract is signed and sealed and delivered on, uh, on time. Ed, thanks very much for your time. Ed Neal, Medical Director at Bedford Hospital, 08459-455-555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Prenups this morning. Do you wish you'd taken a prenup out? Maybe your marriage has crumbled around you and your life is miserable as a direct result. Oh yes, please. I'll have a cough. Thanks. <laughs> you got no coffee? Whoa, 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 girls, girls and boys. What's going on? Got no cough? Someone drank it all. Hey, what? You? Whoa, I, I bought it. Can you get some more? Well, not now. I'm doing a radio show. It's only down the road, shop. Uh, um, how long is... Can we get Serena to do, like, a ten-minute bulletin? Where's J-Dog? Um, working. 
Is it? Is it <laughs> Come on, Catherine. We don't need to, to, to uh, protect him anymore. He's going to be on in about five minutes. Is he? Yeah. I'll see if he can get some coffee. Chat him up. Lovely. Good, good work there. Uh, do, maybe your marriage collapsed, as they do, don't they? Some of them. Uh, do you wish, don't they? Do, do you wish you'd uh, got... Uh, I'll have that one tea bag then, please. I'll have, I'll have the one tea bag. I'm the boss. I'm, um, I'm the boss. There's one tea bag. Can we split? Can we I, bought the tea, I bought can the tea. I bought the tea bags. Can, it's my tin. Can, can we share a tea bag between four y- mugs? You came in an hour late, young lady. You ain't getting nothing, girlfriend. I was here the whole time. Girlfriend. I was just a bit quiet. Have you? Oh, are you saying that for contractual reasons? I've been here the whole time. I don't know what you. I don't know why you haven't noticed. You and Paul came in late. No, we didn't. Paul, what time did we get in? Was it five thirty? Yeah. And he's political. He wouldn't lie. Wow, we're on the edge of a, a massive BBC Ofcom investigation. Daily Mail, are you listening? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is heavy between Junction 21 for the M1 and 15 for the M4. And the M1 London bound heavy going between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. In Beaconsfield, there are queues on the Amersham Road as you approach the A40 and the Old Town. On public transport, First Capital Connect have service suspended between Finsbury Park and Moorgate because of the strike action. And on the Metropolitan Line, lines are only running between Harrow on the Hill and Aldgate around every 10 minutes. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Oh, it's 7.46. It's Wednesday, the 5th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hospitals in Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire are in the limelight this morning. MPs want an urgent inquiry after administrative errors at Watford Hospital caused dangerous delays for cancer patients. And meanwhile, Bedford Hospital may close, all because of a new contract. And for Ian, who texted in, Stevenage gained a crucial three points last night as they thrashed Gillingham 3-1. 08459 455 555 Pianos, prenups and other things beginning with P But before that, the pether weather Beds, hearts and bucks weather BBC Three Counties Radio Good morning. A wet and windy day right the way across all three counties. We've got some heavy showers, although a bit of respite for most at the moment. Those heavy showers aren't far away. Through the middle part of the day, they're going to merge together and create one big band of rain. So really quite miserable. And the the, uh, wind gusts, we're likely to see... 50 to 60 mile per hour gusts particularly in exposed areas or on higher ground so a very wet and windy day the Met Office has issued a yellow weather warning for parts of Buckinghamshire uh, for the wind this morning now these showers like I said continuing but the temperature doesn't seem to be taking too much of a battering at all still feeling fairly mild we're looking at a maximum of 8 Celsius 46 degrees in Fahrenheit overnight we're hanging on to the showers for a bit they will eventually start to ease as will the wind that will start to Died down, although it'd still be breezy, it's just not going to be quite as wild as it is today. The maximum temperature 5 Celsius, 41 degrees in Fahrenheit. Brief bit of respite tomorrow morning before further rain, where the Met Office has issued yet another yellow alert. Um, so it's really a, a warning, warning uh, for some further heavy rain overnight, Thursday into Friday. Then a drier day for Friday, but then another alert in place for Friday into Saturday, where we lead ourselves into a very wet and windy weekend. That's your forecast. Thank you very much good news guys neil bradford has uh, tweeted me there are some tea bags in the bbc look east desk upstairs let's see let's go and raid those bad boys 
The Winter Olympics on the BBC. I am the maddening riddler. Oh, the trust that clouds your brain. I am the one who plagues your sleep. Nature is my name. The time is now upon us. The nerves begin to fray. Could it be, just maybe, I'll let you have your day. Nature, who will conquer it? The Winter Olympics start this Friday across the BBC. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I mean that. Re- uh, listen, the winter, the Sochi Winter Olympics. I mean, I, I, I like a little bit of bobsleigh as much as the next guy. I, fa- I love a bit of bobsleigh. It's the only thing I like in the Winter Olympics is the bobsleigh. I like the high high skiing. The high skiing. High flying skiing. The high flying skiing and the bobsleigh. But I mean, really, the skeleton. Why don't they just what? Skeleton. The, the skeletons. Why don't they just, instead of a fellow going, I am your worst nightmare. Hang on, it's, it's, it's trying to be too dramatic, really, isn't it? It should be. Come and have a play in the yeah. snow. I am your worst nightmare. I am the mountain king. I am the dream. I am the blizzard. I am the challenge. Instead of that, it should be, hey, skeletons, bobsleigh, we got it. It's going to be awesome. Snow, isn't it? Yeah? See you there. That's what they need to do. Yeah, type that up for them. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Where is where is where is BBC Olympics based? I'll phone them up. What's their number? I'll phone them up. Snow skeletons bobsleigh. It's going to be wicked. See you there. Boom. Job done. Job done. I'm right, aren't I, Jonathan? <laughs> uh, well, in some ways, yeah. Good morning. Ian. In the good ways or the bad ways? The good ways. Thank you very ways. much indeed, Jonathan. What have you called in for? Uh, well, both peas, actually. First thing to do with prenups, I'll tell you right now, I would never get it, because you're absolutely right. If you're married, it's forever. It's for life. You don't want to have to think about the potential of separating. It ruins everything. I'm engaged myself, and never, in, you know, I would never give it a second thought, really. But with regards to pianos, um, yes. I had a couple lessons uh, when I was about 11 years old. Just just lessons, really quick, nothing special. Yeah. And then I've been playing piano on my own, on my own, my own free time for the last 10, 15 years or so. Now, wow. the only thing is I can't read notes. No. Because I never committed myself to doing it, but it's just like any other language, I'm sure. If Every I, I'll, good boy I'll, deserves you know. fruit. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 um... But what I do have uh, for playing for so long is I'm able to pick up pretty much any piece of music apart from really the complex like Chopin or anything like that. But like anything you're on TV, like the Matrix soundtrack, you know, that Rob Dugan Club to Death. I don't know if you heard of that one. No. Or let's say Beethoven, the Sonata. Beethoven, I learned how to play that just by listening to it. Wow. Really? Yes, really. That's incredible. And and that's something that I learned over time. I I still impress the misses every now and then by just hearing a tune with uh, a nice melody you hear from an advert on TV or one of these vampire series she likes to watch. I'll just pick it up and I'll just play it in a few minutes. So, yes, it is possible to learn on your own. You just need a lot of time and you have to have the passion. Can, OK, the question on everybody's lips, though, is can yeah. you play The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby? The Way It Is? I'm sorry, uh, what song is that again? It's, it's, um, it's, I'm a bit embarrassed now. Oh, no, don't, don't be embarrassed. Well, you should be. It's it's The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby and The Range. It's this.
possible. Go on, go on then. It's, it's very possible to play that. Go, well, I know uh, it is. Bruce Hornsby's doing do it now. <laughs> go on then. Let's hear it. Well, well, it's very possible. Well, I can't play it now. I'm driving. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it would be um, it would be very possible to do. I'd have to dissect it piece by piece, starting with the right hand, then the left. Obviously, the right hand I can already hear it's full chord. Uh, then uh, okay. yeah, it would be possible. What do you reckon? Because it, but what? then when it goes to the original notes, it should be quite easy. What what time? What time tomorrow should we call you to hear it? <laughs> uh, well, you want to put me up to the challenge? It's doable. Um, what's the name of the song again? By who again? The way it is. Bruce Hornsby in the range. It's uh, the way it is. All right. Should um, we give you a call tomorrow? What What do you reckon? About half past six. Uh, yeah, you could do half past six in the morning, if possible. OK, well, well, well Jonathan, uh, you're a good sport. I really appreciate that. We'll, we'll look forward to hearing you play the way I it is. I will try my best, Ian. You're I will a, try my best. You're a very good sport, Jonathan. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Thank you very much, mate. No worries. Have a there, good day. There we go. What a nice person. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. This is a song, isn't it, Just? Oh. This is a song. Well, Jonathan's going to play it tomorrow at half oh, past six. I cannot wait for that. It's going to be a disaster. It, no, no don't, don't be so rude. He sounded like a very nice, very mm. humble young man. He didn't sound confident and he didn't know the tune. He d- it's d- a recipe for disaster. No, it's a recipe for a young man who is engaged, yes. who doesn't want to sign a prenup <laughs> to really prove <laughs> that he's got a special talent. I look forward to I, I'm wishing him the best of luck. I do not want him to fail on this. Sony Gold in the back. Sony Gold in the back. Now, the reason we got you on is not to be rude to uh, my excellent callers. Mm. Uh, it's talking about prenups. Mylene Class is in the papers today saying she wishes she got a prenup um, because th- th- her marriage that lasted a whole six months yeah. uh, it cost her £1.8 million. Pounds. It's a great shame, isn't it? What, that she's uh, single again? Well, it's, it's a great shame what's happened. It clearly hasn't worked out for her. No. But, um, you know, people with money, that they do go for prenups, don't they? Yep. And unfortunately she didn't, and she now feels like she never wants to get married again. We were, so talking, about this in, we were talking about this in the office. And you said you'd be up for a prenup. To a certain degree, it depends. Obviously, every single situation is different. But I can understand totally. If somebody has got a lot of property, they've got a lot of money, um, you can understand to a certain degree why they might do that. You'd like to think that marriage is all about love. But there are going to be some people out there, a small percentage maybe, you certainly hope so, that, that want to marry somebody purely for their money. So I can understand it to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, I happened out this morning talking to people about prenups uh, and their views on them, and here's what happened. So, what's your thoughts on prenups? Do you think they almost take the romance out of marriage? Yeah, I think they do. I definitely think they do because it's kind of like trust. Like, there's no trust there. Like, you feel like you have to protect yourself. So, what would you do then, Sam, if your partner said to you, let's get married, but first, I want that prenup? I think, on the most part, I would be offended a bit because it would be like, well, there's no trust there that you'd feel like you have to do something like that. Veronica, prenuptial agreements, we're talking about that this morning. Um, what's your views on prenups? I think they're ridiculous. I mean, if you love a person, you don't need agreements. Everything should be 50-50, no matter which way it goes. I mean, if you're going to part, you part. But, I mean, there should be no arguments about it. I mean, what would be the point of getting married in the first place? Mm. You can have an argument about it. Mm. I mean, all right, all the stars do it, I know, but um, it's not for me. I would never, ever marry for that sort of reason you know i couldn't um at the end of the day um why why go through something like that it's silly 
I wouldn't bother with it. I, mean, I suppose if, you, if you're a wealthy person and you could gain someone to rip you off, then I suppose in a sense it's a good thing. But it's trust, isn't it, at the end of the day? When, you, when two of you, you've got to trust each other. And that's what it boils down to. Marie, you're currently in a relationship. If your partner said to you, let's get married, yeah. I want a prenuptial agreement first, right. what would you think? I don't know, I've never had any views about it because we've never actually dis- discussed about getting married, so I suppose mm. you've put me on the spot. Yeah. But it put you off, though, somebody saying, OK, let's do it for love, but hang on a second, I own that and, and you don't. Yeah, I would have a bit to say about that. Yeah, I would. I think if you're going to be married, it should be a joint thing. It shouldn't be what's his is his and what's mine is mine. It should be together. Yeah, looking at some comments on Facebook, uh, Justin. Um, stop saying bad boy. You're not 20 or a gangster. Who's saying bad boy? Is it me or you? Uh, probably both of us. OK. <laughs> um, Matt says, flip side of the coin, a buddy of mine with his own house and business got divorced after two years of marriage, no kids. She took a chunk of what he paid for before they met, despite being the one who was unfaithful. It has pros and cons. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you do think, uh, the McCartney, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills. Yeah. She went for 50% of it and she didn't get it, but she got a massive uh, chunk of money, didn't she? As I say, I can, I can totally understand it. If somebody is incredibly wealthy and they've got lots of properties here and abroad and they've got lots of businesses as well, and yes, it shouldn't be about money, but if somebody comes into that relationship with nothing, at the back of your mind, there may be that suspicion. So if somebody wants to marry you and they're marrying you purely for love, some might argue, well, they'd have no problem signing that agreement in the first place, would they? Justin, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. What do you reckon? Does a prenup take the romance out of marriage? Maybe you've got divorced and you feel you were um, a bit stitched up, taken to the cleaners. You thought it was unfair the amount that your partner got and you wished you'd signed a prenup. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. You can also go to uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Or if you wanted to, you could send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On public transport, First Capital Connect have normal service resumed now between Finsbury Park and Moorgate after earlier strike action. The Hammersmith and City Line are running every 10 minutes between Hammersmith and Moorgate. And on the Northern Line, also running between Edgware and Golders Green, also between High Barnet and East Finchley. On the roads, the M1 London bound, heavy between 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise is stop-start between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. I'm Alice Gross at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Prenups, playing the piano, hospitals, specials. It's all out there in the last hour of the show. It's all happening in the last hour of the show. It's all happening. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Serena Farrow with the headlines. Watford Hospital comes under fire. Commuters face delays. 
and Bedford Hospital may shut down. BBC Three Counties Radio. MPs in Hertfordshire have called for an urgent inquiry after Watford Hospital broke NHS rules in dealing with cancer patient appointments. The administrative errors meant there were delays in seeing patients, which may have contributed to the death of one of them. Well, Mike Penning, the Conservative MP for Hemel Hempstead, says it was totally unjust. If you and I miss a GP's appointment, you know, that's wrong and we should have contact and let them know. But people that are waiting for cancer treatment, there's a myriad of different reasons why they would have missed that appointment. So that's why the protocol was there nationally to say, you contact these people and get them in so the treatment at the oncology department can take place. And it never happened. Turning to other news this morning, local police services are looking to recruit more special constables to try and save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Bedfordshire, Thames Valley and Hertfordshire Police are set to hire more than 100 specials over the next two years. Richard Downs is one of them. I wanted to have a bit of a challenge and I wanted to put something back into the sort of rural community and I felt that me being a sort of rural person, I could sort of provide those links between the rural side and also the police as well. Commuters are facing severe disruption today and tomorrow, all because of a 48-hour tube strike. Members of two unions, the RMT and the TSSA, are taking part in the stoppage, which is due to repeat it again next week. Now, Bedford Hospital may close, all because of a new contract. A private-led group will take over the running of services, which may mean some of them will move elsewhere. Hip and knee operations in April look set to be one of those areas. Ed Neal is the medical director at Bedford Hospital. Our concern is that until this contract is signed and we know exactly what we're going to be delivering, we don't know whether we will still be able to support either a very expensive trauma service here here, uh, which of course we will not help our bottom line financially, or whether we will have no trauma service here, which would seriously affect accident and emergency, as I'm sure you can imagine. Well, stay listening for more on this story, as there'll be more with Ian Lee, coming up in the next half an hour here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Officers are appealing for witnesses after a driver died in Luton yesterday. It was after the van he was driving veered across a road and collided with a brick wall. It happened just after 12.30 yesterday on the A505 Hitchin Road, close to the junction south of Lothair Road. And in sports, Stevenage beat Gillingham 3-1 in League One last night to clinch all three points. The home said they do remain bottom, but the victory came from Francois Zoko with a penalty and a brace from Darius Charles. So windy and rainy out today, although it will dry up come the afternoon. Temperatures reaching 10 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Nice one, Serena. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past eight, Wednesday the 5th of February. What we've got to talk about? Lots. Lots, that's what. MPs are calling for an urgent nationwide inquiry after a spectacular muff-up at Watford Hospital led to unnecessary and potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. Are local police forces bulking up their ranks with specials? Well, they have the same training and powers of arrest as the regulars, but they don't cost anything. And prenups. Do you regret not getting a prenuptial agreement with your partner? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, big story, it's on the front page of some of the papers today. It's emerged that administrative errors at Watford, Hemel Hempstead and St Albans hospitals caused unnecessary and potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients and may have contributed to the death of at least one. Hundreds of people who didn't attend a first appointment weren't offered a second one. This contravenes current guidelines and has led to local MPs to call for an urgent inquiry. Well, Roy Lilly is a health writer and commentator, as well as a former NHS Trust chairman. Roy, what do you make of all this? Right, well, let's see if we can kind of unpack something. What, in very simple terms, what has happened here? Patients who have presented uh, at their GP with a query cancer have been given an appointment at the hospital, as they are uh, entitled to have within uh, the, two, the so-called two-week cancer guarantee, and for whatever reason have not turned up. Now, when they've not turned up, what is supposed to happen is that that's supposed to trigger a follow-up from the hospital, giving people another appointment, because you never know, do not, do not attending for an appointment as important as this. Um, you know, there might be very good reason, perhaps somebody had the flu or felt ill or couldn't get there for some other reason or what have you. So the hospital is supposed to follow national standards that say, you didn't turn up for this appointment, here's another one. Now, what's not happened is that their system hasn't triggered that second letter. So in, as a result of that, six or 700 people have not had that second letter, and there's not been a follow-up. So we don't know whether or not these people have actually got a cancer or not. Now, by and large, these patients are patients with lumps and bumps and moles and query cancer of that sort of nature, not, you know, lung cancer and so on. Although it could be that some of patients with a very serious cancer could have been wrapped up in this Mm. uh, mess. Now, there is some suggestion, but it's only a suggestion, that one patient may have died as a result of not following through the original appointment, but we don't know there's an inquiry. So the hospital, um, it has to be said, this is a, a historic problem, and the hospital is now under a different management from the time when this error actually occurred. Uh, and the hospital, I do know, because I spoke to them yesterday, is turning the place inside out to, to sort it out and get in touch with people and try and track through other means to see whether or not people uh, are okay. So. The bigger question, of course, as you hinted in your introduction, is whether or not this is a wider problem on uh, software systems throughout the NHS. There's also a suggestion that we talk about people not turning up for whatever reason. There's a suggestion that perhaps some of the patients didn't receive the initial letter telling them of their first appointment. Well, maybe. We don't know that yet, uh, and we'll, we'll see. We don't really know how far this has gone. Mm. My understanding is that the, this issue was raised as a result of the, the Trust's own audit of its, of its uh, services and has found that um, the second letter didn't go out. As far as I know, it all turns on the second letter, but, of course, we won't know until the inquiry's finished and they've got uh, a group of people coming in to independently audit what's happened. The interesting thing for me is that this has been missed for as long as it's been missed. Mm. So it, it, it tells me that there is something wrong in what's called the call and recall system within the, within the hospital. Why that second letter didn't go. And, and is that the same kind of system that they use across the country? No, it's not. It's 
not universal. Right. Some hospitals have different systems. Some of it's much more manual. Some of it's done all by computer. There's a, a, a thing called a patient administration system, a PAS system uh, in the hospital. Some of it's linked to that. Some of it's done on separate software. So, no, it's not universal. And, and that's, again, that's part of the worry because if something has gone wrong here in one hospital, and, and the, the hospital we're talking about actually is a pretty well-run hospital. Mm. Uh, it's got a good management there. It's a popular hospital. The staff are, you know, working hard, but it's, you know, it seems like a good place to work. It's not, you know, a basket case hospital. If they've got a problem, then it, it strikes me that there, sh- there might well be problems elsewhere. And I think there will be a few chief executives going to work this morning, getting their IT people in and saying, right, roll up your sleeves. Let's make sure we're not in the same boat. This um, goes back to, to 2010, or, or at least uh, the review covers uh, starts from 2010. Does, does the review go back far enough? Well, again, we'll have to find out. You've got to start somewhere, and I think if you take a time period and review it, and uh, you know there isn't a problem, or you find out what the problem is, then it makes going back even further more difficult. So it's a bit of a kind of forensic thing, really. You do you do the first tranche, find out what the problem is that you're actually looking for, and then once you know what you're looking for, go further back. So it is entirely possible that this inquiry will go further back than 2010. The former uh, chief. Exact, Mr. Filichowski left uh, Watford Hospital quite quickly, uh, went to Great Ormond Street, and then kind of in December left Great Ormond Street with with big pensions, big payouts, big retirement things. Is that fair? Well, uh, Jan Filikowski is what's called a turnaround specialist in the NHS. He had a very uh, distinguished career as a chief executive, and then he turned his attentions to helping hospitals that were in problems, and he wrote really quite an interesting book about his time as a turnaround specialist. Um, but he was in uh, charge when this was, was, yes, was yes, happening. This was, and, and you could say, well, you know, he missed it, um, and does that make him a bad guy? Probably not, but he missed it. Um, you know, these systems are extremely complicated. I think, you know, people don't really understand how complicated hospitals are to run. And um, I, I wouldn't condemn him uh, for missing it, and I wouldn't condemn him for, uh, you know, for the fact that he moved on and did an interim job. He, he, he became an interim chief executive, so for him to move from job to job uh, is not unusual. So uh, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that it was down to Jan Filikowski. I do think, you know, the present management at the hospital is turning the place inside out in trying to find out what what has happened. I think this has hit them like a thunderbolt. They had absolutely no idea that there was this problem in the software or the system. And and I think the question is now, we, we need to wait and we'll need to see what happens. I mean, there is a... Not, not to you know belittle this or, or to make a, uh, you know to try and uh, uh, make less of it because it is very serious. But there is an, another question in my mind, and that is if you go to the to your GP and you're, you're said that the GP says well, that might be a cancer, you, here's your appointment. The other question for me is why people haven't turned up. I, you know, either the um, appointments are so unbelievably inconvenient that people just can't do it, in which case you would expect them to make another appointment, or it was trivial and, you know, they didn't think they got the problem in the first place. Or they didn't receive the letter, of course. Which is even more dangerous. Yeah. Or, as you, you know, as you very rightly say, perhaps they didn't receive the first letter. And there again, if they hadn't received the first letter and they'd been to the GP with a lump or a bump, query cancer, the doctor says, right, you're entitled to a 14-day guarantee. Um, we're going to write to the hospital and get you an appointment. If you don't get that appointment and you're worried, 
I would have thought you'd have gone back to the GP and said, hey, wait a minute, I've not got my appointment for my query cancer. Roy, hang on a second. It, does, it sounds like you're putting the onus on this on the patient. No, no, I, I, and I'm, I'm absolutely not doing that. But what I am saying is in the audit trial of this, when you're looking for what went wrong and how it might have been picked up earlier, one of the ways it might have been picked up earlier, if people didn't get their first letter, as you've suggested, then I think that that might have come out by people saying, hey, I've not had my letter. So I think you know the fact that, that, that patients have not had a letter. But you know, right? You know what? You know what? Patients are like patients are, are, are reluctant to, uh, to to bother their GPs, to annoy their GPs. They're not quite sure how this. Or the doctor said it'll be two weeks. Maybe it'll be three weeks. I think that's 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 unfair to kind of say that the the, the patients should have chased it up quicker. I haven't said that. And let's be absolutely clear what I am saying. Please do. What I am saying is, if your doctor says you've got query cancer and I'm going to make an appointment for you in a fortnight, you'll get a letter. And you don't get a letter. And there are about 600 patients involved. I think we might have had, out of that 600, perhaps 50, 70, 100, I don't know, people going to their GP saying, I haven't had my letter, can you check it out? And the, the docs then would have checked it out, and this problem would have emerged earlier. So what I'm simply saying is the absence of the first letter would have flagged this mm. up earlier. Now, uh, we, we don't, I mean, the, whether or not there was not a first letter, I'm, I'm starting to think, well, maybe the first letters did go out and the failure was in it was contained and compartmentalized in the second letter so let's be clear mm. I'm, not, I'm not blaming the patients no. for not going what i'm saying is the absence of that letter might have got some patients flagging it up and we've spotted it earlier that's why i'm not so sure that it's a failure of the entire system i.e the first letter i think somehow or other something's not triggered the second letter after the patient not attending and that's why i think it's more compartmentalized i mean either way whatever it is it's 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 not good it's you know it, it can it could have been tra- tragic for for a patient with a villarin cancer and as i say there is a question mark over one gentleman who did die um and there's an investigation into that but this is this is a very weird uh, administrative failure which i think may not be contained to this this one hospital group roy i appreciate your time this morning thank you very much you're welcome Roy Lilly there, health writer and commentator, as uh, well as a former NHS Trust chairman. Um, Lisa in Latin Buzzer said, it ta- Ian, it takes one phone call to chase up a hospital appointment. People need to take responsibility for their own health. Well, it's a long shot, but let's put it out there. You've been affected by this? Are you one of the eight, I don't know, one of the 800 people that, um, that, that was missed, that was uh, d- d- slipped through the net, that didn't turn up for their appointment for whatever reason? Do give me a call, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call about that. Maybe you were one of those people that didn't get the letter, or you did get the letter, and you just didn't turn up. You just didn't turn up. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. BBC Three Counties Radio, it's 8.15, let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things looking very busy out there at the moment. The A40 eastbound is heavier than normal from the Denham roundabout to Hanger Lane. And in High Wycombe, the A414 southbound, very heavy between Handycross roundabout and the Henley turnoff. 
The M1 London bound struggling between 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 anti-clockwise is stop-start between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, the Metropolitan Line have lines only running between Harrow on the Hill and Aldgate, and that's around every 10 minutes. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 8.16. It's Wednesday, the 5th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Administrative errors at the Trust, which runs various Hertfordshire hospitals, have caused potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. Local police services are looking to recruit more special constables to help save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. And in sport, Stevenage gained a cru- crucial three points last night as they thrashed Gillingham 3-1. This could be the start of Stevenage rising to the top of the league. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Milton Keynes is smarter than your average city. And the borough has now been named as one of the five places invited to a smart cities forum. With the best local news stories. Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. With the best local talking points. An ordinary postman from Watford had a dream that one day that he would raise enough money to build the first free independent hospital in his hometown in Pakistan. After three years of campaigning, hard campaigning, Houghton Regis Leisure Centre Swimming Pool had been saved and will in fact be reopened. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. I was listening to Roberto last night as I was driving through Luton. Were you? Yes, lots of fun, lots of fun. The Business and Financial Hour with ah, Roberto Peroni. Always a good one. Well, it is. Uh, I, I learnt a lot about business and finances. Did you? you? <laughs> well, I, that I, would be the kind of the purpose of I, it. I know. He d- I, d- I don't know nothing about that kind of stuff. And uh, right. he, he, he set me straight. Did he? He did set me straight. He did or his guests did? Well, <laughs> both of them, com- but all right. combined, all oh, combined, okay. set me straight on business and indeed finance. Well, I guess it worked then. It worked. It's, it certainly taught me a thing or two. How are you? Look at you. You're looking like the milk tray man in your black shirt. Well, it's not ironed. Don't look too closely. It's covered in fluff and it's not ironed. So I see. Well, don't, don't see. Look, look, nice, though. Thanks very much. Oh, then you smiled. Let me get my body language book. Hang on, where is it? Hang on. Say something followed by a smile. Oh, yeah. It's a lie. Right. No, it's it wasn't a lie. lie. I was just making myself chuckle. Ah, oh, dear. I thoroughly enjoyed your uh, Consumer Hour yesterday. Did although you? I think you could do more business and finance. That's just a little thing. Right. With, um, I don't want to say the bonkers lady, because that's not fair. The lady who wanted to rent a flat... Oh, yes, yes. And then didn't. I think she's passionate. I think that's what you were Passionate, thank you. That's exactly the word I was looking for, yes. Mm. Um, And there was a dispute over whether she should have turned up to sign the documents and all the library computers were down and uh, really good resolution. I'll tell you what I enjoyed about her. What was that? She thanked you very politely at the end. It all got a bit weird. And she said, actually, no, I'll I'll take the money back. The company are going to give her the money back. Wonderful. She doesn't want the flat. And then she just went, well... All that remains for me to say is a big thank you to you, Justin, <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah. A big, all that rem- I just thought it was a really nice way of, of phrasing it. Uh, I spoke to the letting agent yesterday after speaking yes. to, uh, to Sandra, yep. and uh, I said, I've agreed with Sandra that you'll, you'll give the money back, and I think that's probably the best for all of you. Yep. And the man agreed. He breathed a sigh of relief. Well, he agreed. Yes, good. good. It, was nice, it was a nice resolution. Yes. And it was, it was handled yeah. politely. Oh, good. So well done, I'm everybody. pleased. 
What's on your show today? Coming up on this morning's uh, big phone-in from nine, I'm asking, do you support the tube workers' strike? Commuters from right across Beds, Hearts and Bucks may struggle to get to work today as tube workers in London are on strike. The unions are angry that transport bosses want to close all ticket offices and cut 950 jobs. Transport for London say these cuts are needed to modernise the network and to save around £50 million a year. David Cameron has called the strike shameful as it will bring misery to so many commuters this morning. Would you agree with Mr Cameron or do you sympathise with the workers who are fighting for their livelihoods? This morning I want your views on the big phone-in. Do you support the tube worker strike? Perhaps you've made the decision not to go into work today and tomorrow because of the tube strike. Perhaps you think it's just going to make things such a nightmare. Apparently the roads going in and out of London from the three counties are really, really busy today as so many people have now taken to their cars. I want to know whether you support this, whether you think it's important for the ordinary worker to stand up and to say, no, we're not prepared for these kinds of things to, to happen, for, the, for these changes to be made without us causing some mayhem in the process. Perhaps you absolutely stand by it, or it makes you sick. Your views from 9, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Albert's in Enfield. Morning, Albert. Morning, Ian. Good morning. I used to go busking in Enfield. I say that every time you call in. How is um, the meat meat packing? It's all right. It's not bad. I'm still making a living. Good for you. Now, the prenups. Mylene Class uh, regrets not getting a prenuptial agreement made after her marriage ended after six months, costing her one point eight million pounds. Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. Would you ever get one? Well, I've been involved twice. Um, on both sides of the fence, I've been very unlucky in love. My, my first wife was very affluent, came from an affluent background. and uh, an, Africa, an African background? And an African background. Right. She, was an, she, she was an African princess. Yep. Her father owned most of Biggleswick. Yeah. Um, the night before our wedding, she put all these papers in front of me that I had to sign, and I didn't know what I was signing, so yeah. I signed it anyway. Yeah. And sure enough, about six months later, unfortunately... She died in an, in an unfortunate meat grinding accident, but there was nothing left. Um, everything had gone, even a ring, and so I, I lost. I lost everything. Oh. It all went to the state. So I, I'd like to think that they spent it opening new abattoirs. Yes, but then after that, I, luckily I fell in love again Good for with you. My, current, my current wife, and I thought, well, I'm going to do it this time. So yep. I got her to sign a prenup. So I just thought, if we divorce, I don't want her to get her hands on me meat. That was basically my thinking. I've got a lot of stock, a lot of money tied up in it. She's not getting me meat. I, I love her, but she's not getting that. How did you um, um, raise it? How did I raise me meat? No, how did you raise the subject of a prenup? I did it very delicately. Yeah. I got her drunk. <laughs> And that, that kind of helped, really. She was half passed out, so I grabbed her hand with the pen in it. So, technically, she signed it. And how long have you been married, Albert? Oh, ages now. It must be, what, three years? Yeah, and, and it's all it's going strong? You, you, you're all still happy in love? Well, since she's become an elective mute, it's going swimmingly. OK, Albert, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
buzzers. Now, our local police services are looking to recruit more special constables in a bid to save hundreds of thousands of pounds a year. Bedfordshire Police, Thames Valley and Hertfordshire Police are set to hire more than 100 specials over the next two years. They'll have the same training and powers of arrest as the regulars, but, as their volunteers, will cost significantly less. Well, would you want to give up your time to be a special? Justin Dealey has been asking people in Bedfordshire. Morning, madam. Being a, a special... Would you consider that locally? No. <laughs> I just wouldn't think comfortable doing it. Doing it voluntary, not getting paid, um, I wouldn't do it. So it's your perception no. then that that job is, is too dangerous and to do it for nothing is, is just a bit crazy? Yeah. Can you understand why anybody would want to do it at all? Yeah, I could, um, you know, to help the community and that. Doing it voluntary, no. Andy, how would you feel about becoming a special? So you have exactly the same powers as a police officer. You can arrest people, but you wouldn't get paid for it. Would you want to do that? I wouldn't, no. Not for me. Too much hassle involved. And it's a way to get officers on the streets without paying wages. I didn't know, because it's a dangerous job. So why would I, like, do something dangerous if I'm not getting paid for it? Well, Neil Alston chairs uh, Hertfordshire Police Federation. Morning, Neil. Good morning, Ian. Uh, A lot of people there saying they wouldn't want to do it because it's dangerous. And I suppose if specials have the same powers and responsibility as, um, in inverted commas, proper police, then it is dangerous, isn't it? Uh, Policing can be dangerous, of course, and... it's important that we're involved with our community and it's important that specials have a role, uh, but it's also equally important that, to understand that uh, specials aren't there to replace regular officers. How important are specials uh, to Hertfordshire Police? Um, specials are always... They're, they're a valuable part of what we do, um, and they're important to as an augmentation of, of the service we provide, but, of course, the core service has to be paid for and, and has to be done by full-time officers. Does does relying on special constables undermine the image of a police force, do you think? Uh, I, I wouldn't decry our special colleagues, um, and of course the Federation are, are, are looking to, to, to take them under our wing, uh, but of course anybody um, who does something part-time uh, into, and uh, unpaid uh, isn't going to be as skilled as uh, somebody who does it full-time. I was going to say, if you're, if you're doing it part-time, you've got another job on the go, and you're not getting paid... Um, they can't be as good as, as regular police officers, can they, who are doing it day in and day out, and it's their, it's their vocation. They can't be as good. It, it, it's not... I, th- I think good is probably quite a um, subjective term. Uh, they're not as skilled uh, and they're not as experienced. I think that's probably the way I'd rather put it. Thank you. Uh, and are police forces recruiting more specials? Because, as, as we know, all police forces are, uh, across the, the country and the three counties are facing massive cuts, aren't they? Uh, I mean, y- yes, indeed. But uh, as I say, our position is they shouldn't uh, replace serving officers. Uh, you've got a police service that's losing three and a half thousand officers a year, year on year. But also, we've lost a thousand specials o- over the country over the last year. So actually, this this recruitment drive is to replace those that have left. Uh, and there's a, there's a hidden bit of this as well, which I think is important for your listeners to to realise, is that um, one of the only routes into the police service now is through being a special constable. Oh. So the, the vocational giving up your time for, for the public uh, is, is true for, for many specials, but for some it's almost a, um, a prerequisite for, for joining the job, so they, they're actually doing it for, for in order to become a police officer. Oh, I didn't realise that. So what, you can't just sign up to be a, a police officer now, you, you've got to go in via the specials way? For, for a, a, a few years now, uh, we haven't, certainly in 
Hertfordshire had open recruitment. We've just opened a little bit of open recruitment, but generally the route in is either through being a PCSO or a special constable. So I think the figures are skewed slightly by people who are actually coming in in order to, mm. to get the experience and become a police officer. How, how long do you, um, you may not know this, how long do you have to be a special before you can kind of move up to, to being a regular officer? Uh, there's no fixed time. It's, uh, it's just obviously that uh, uh, if the... Um, job positions are only open to right. those who are serving special okay. and, and PCSOs. Neil, is there a, a percentage of regular officers versus special officers that you have to maintain? Um, as I say, I, th- I think uh, it's important to recognise that specials are there um, to, to do things that we'd like to do. Uh, police officers, uh, full-time serving officers, are there for doing the things that we must do. Uh, so in, in terms of providing core services, we have to ensure we have sufficient officers to provide in a, a, a core service. Uh, specials are, are, are welcomed by, by my colleagues, um, but they're, they're in addition to and not in, in to replace serving officers. Neil, thank you very much uh, indeed for your time. It's uh, Neil Alston there, who uh, chairs Hertfordshire Police Federation, a text about uh, the cancer patients that uh, didn't go for uh, their appointments. Of course, an element of responsibility is with the patients. It's the NHS, not PA. Their job is tough enough without crucifying them because patients, because of patients' bad admin. Well, one of the questions is, did the patients receive the initial appointment letter? And that is a crucial thing. Um, uh, let's have a quick look at uh, this. What's this we've been uh, sent? Oh, look, Tony Fisher has sent us the letter that's been sent to 121 patients who West Hearts hospitals don't know for sure if they have cancer or not as a result of not being offered a second appointment. We'll have a little look at that. Is that on Facebook now? If you want to see that letter, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. It's going to be up there in uh, about two minutes' time. Um, do have a look at that and let me know if you've received that letter or if anyone you know has received that letter. 8.29, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call in from Owen. The M1 northbound is blocked between Junction 12 for Flittick and 13 for Bedford because of an accident. Congestion there going back to 11 for Dunstable Road. We've also had a call in from Clare in Luton. The lower Harpenden Road southbound looking very heavy today between the Airport Way and Bower Heath Lane. People seem to be driving into London instead of taking the underground today because the A40 eastbound much heavier than usual. There are queues between the Denham Roundabout and Hangar Lane. And on public transport, London Overground have minor delays between Watford Junction and Euston because of measures being taken to try and prevent overcrowding. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past eight, I'm Serena Farrow with the headlines. Hospitals in Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire in the limelight this morning. Administrative errors at the trust which runs various Hertfordshire hospitals have caused potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients. Meanwhile, doctors and managers at Bedford Hospital say the future there may be under threat because of a new contract being discussed today. Elsewhere, there'll be delays for those across the three counties, as we've just been hearing, travelling into London today. The union's angry transport bosses want to close all ticket offices and cut 950 jobs. We'll stay listening as JVS will be asking, do you support the tube workers' strike? And a senior Liberal Democrat minister says the top rate of tax would be reduced from 45 pence only over his dead body. Danny Alexander says his party would block any Conservative request for a tax cut for the highest earners. That's the news. Now let's move on to all the morning sports. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Mixed emotions for Stevenage fans, though they did gain crucial three points after beating Gillingham 3-1 last night. They're still bottom of League One, but the brightening news is that they've got a couple of games in hand. They're currently on 25 points. Another five will clear them from the relegation zone. Manager Graham Wesley says his side will continue to fight. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're down, that's uh, that's for sure. We're, we're down the bottom and uh, I think tonight it was about sending the message out that we might be down, but we're not out. It's uh, very much game on from our point of view. Um, we're looking forward to the games that are ahead of us and it was important to start with three points tonight which the boys did turning to FA Cup and Fulham being knocked out. They lost 1-0 to Sheffield United in their fourth round replay at Craven Cottage with the League One side scoring just in the last minute of extra time. Lucky, lucky. Swansea City have sacked their manager Michael Lodrup. Club captain Gary Monk will take charge instead for the team for the foreseeable future. Locally in Conference South, Bishop Stortford beat Staines 1-0 in the Southern League Premier Division. It was a 3-2 victory for St Albans playing Alsea. Bedford Town got thrashed though by Poole Town 5-1. Chess them. They were the ones doing the pulverising at home to Banbury last night. They won 8-0. Hemel Hempstead beat Biggleswade Town 3-0 and in Division 1 Central, Dunstable lost 2-0 to Barton Rovers. And finally, cricket news. Kevin Peterson's England career has come to an end. He was told by the England and Wales Cricket Board he doesn't feature in the team's plans going forward. BBC Three Counties Radio. More from me at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, on the show yesterday, you may have heard an interview I did with Roger Seaborn, a Hertfordshire councillor and former member of the Police and Crime Panel. We were talking about the case of the Hertfordshire police officer who'd been jailed after handing out his own on-the-spot fines. And in the process of that conversation, we got into talking about trust in the police in the light of incidents such as Plebgate and Hillsborough. After the interview, I made a comment that Roger had said that Hillsborough happened a long time ago, so it doesn't matter. Of course, Roger didn't say those things, and I want to make it completely clear those are not his views, and I'm sorry if I gave that impression. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we're talking about prenups. I'm not sure if this email is completely legit. Ian... Of course I get a prenup before allowing some bird access to my billions. I'm not going to be taken for a ride by some chick who doesn't know how to get a job. Jeez, man, this is where, this is where I start to doubt is it. Is this Bill Gates? This is James. Jim. Jeez, man, this is where, that, that is when I start to think, is this a legitimate email? Just there. Jeez, man, the amount of birds out there trying to take us good-looking studs for a ride... <laughs> And get access to our hundreds of billions of pounds is amazing. So we have to protect ourselves. Pre-nup, pre-nip. Stay safe, my China. Jim. Thanks, Jim. Valid point. <laughs> Good point. Well made. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. Did you... Uh, listen, if you've been through a divorce... Oh, man, I bet it's a... Uh, I bet it's a shocker. Do you regret not getting a prenup? Do you look back and think, Oh, man, why didn't we sign something? saying that those that property I owned before we got married, that money, that business I set up before we got married is all mine. And no, he or indeed she can't have a bit of it. Take 50% of it now that we're divorced. 08459 455 555. Or do you think that uh, prenups take the romance out of marriage? Listen, it's, it's just under, I think, 50% of marriages that end in divorce these days. It's a lot, there's a lot of them, but 
you have to believe, don't you, when you're getting married, that this is it. This is the one. This is going to be your life partner. And if you kind of go and we're saying, well, look, we're going to be together forever. But just in case we're not, could you just sign here, please? That kind of, you're already, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're already setting yourself up for a fall, aren't you? I know what you mean. I think it may be different when you've got children from a previous relationship involved. Why? Because you're looking after their inheritance. But again, you're saying the same thing. You're saying, look, I love you. I want to be with you forever. But, but I don't trust you enough. To... But my wife, who's passed away, wanted to make sure that she left something to the children. So I think we should just oh, safeguard that. You're bringing the dead wife in. Well, I, that is a scenario that happens. To you? Did your no, first wife... No, I don't wife... have a dead wife. No, OK. I just think... It would make me think, if someone presented me with a prenup, OK, supposing, right, supposing my marriage collapsed and then uh, Kelly Brooke, who I know has got the hots for me, yeah. um, and she's got a lot of money, and she found out I was single and she got in touch, ian.leatbbc.co.uk, at Ian Lee on Twitter. What are you giggling for? Um, because... Uh, I, of something else. OK. Uh, and so Kelly Brook emailed me, ian.leabbc.co.uk, and said, I hear that your marriage is, is broken up. It's really sad. How about it? How about you and I lock ourselves in a hotel, hotel room for a weekend and then maybe we'll get married? OK. Supposing that happened, right? You'd it, say, at least take me out for a meal Well, first. we'd order room service. You know what I'm saying? Wow. You know what I'm saying? We get pizza delivered to the room. I don't think room. that's a basis for a long-lasting relationship. I, I ain't going nowhere. We're going to get pizza delivered to the room. <laughs> we're we're going we're to splash out. We're going to get breakfast delivered to the room. Oh. Straight there. So anyway, so the, she, the, she then proposes to me, which she would probably do, and I go, yeah, all right, f- that, yeah, that'd be nice. Okay, fine. Uh, and she says, great, really good news. One thing, Ian, before we get married, could you just sign this this prenup? I would instantly think, whoa, Kelly Brook, what are you doing? I would think less of Kelly Brook. It's as if she's that. rushed into a relationship based mostly on the physical with yep. someone who's just come out of yep. a long-term relationship stroke marriage, yep. and she thinks that may not be a solid foundation. Exactly. And I'd then have to start questioning her motives. Yeah. Really? And I, I, if I'm going to marry Ke- Kelly Brook, I'd like to think it's going to be forever. Really. And if she's going in there with doubts, suddenly I'm not... Uh, I'm not As interested. You're still interested. I'm not... I'm, we, uh, I'm not that interested. I, w- I would probably say, do you know what, Kel? Let's live in sin. No, I wouldn't even say that. I said, listen, we've had a nice weekend. We've, we've trashed a hotel room. Oh, this has all happened over a weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, OK. We've had a nice weekend. We've, we've trashed the, the hotel room. Do you know what? I'll pay for some of... I'll pay half of the bill. I'm not paying for the breakfast being delivered. That's a luxury that no-one needs. We should have gone down for the buffet, but I'm out of here. And I would, I would uh, pack up my, um, my travel bag, my uh, wash bag, and I would, be, I would go. So, Kelly, if you're listening, think on. Think on. Kelly Brooke, Kelly, just to clarify, not you. When's Tony Mortimer coming on? OK, that is... Well, tomorrow. Really? Tomorrow we've got Andy from CBeebies coming Tony on. Oh, that's a different person. Tomorrow we've got Andy from CBeebies coming on. I like him. OK. He's, Andy from CBeebies is coming on. Um, Tony Mortimer. I need, I, I've just not even replied to him on, on Twitter. That's how cool I am. Hello, counties. That might be Tony Mortimer now. Is that Tony Mortimer? Not unless he's from Luton. Looking at the number. Kelly, is that Tony Mortimer? Is that, Hold on one second. Is, Joyce. What, Ian? I'm on the phone to Joyce. It's not Tony Mortimer. Is that... Could you... It's Joyce and Lee Grave, not Tony Mortimer. Do us a favour. What's up? Ask her to pretend to be Tony Mortimer when she oh, comes Joyce, on from E17. Can I put you through and you pretend to be Tony Mortimer from E17? He's a band. I'll pop you straight through anyway. Is she, Tony Mortimer coming on? She's saying no. No, she's, no. She's on Fader 1, but she's just putting the radio off. OK. Tony Mortimer from E17. Tony? Joyce? 
to- Joyce. Back. Hello. Hello. Is that Tony Mortimer from E17? <laughs> you wish. Hey, Tony, it's a long time, mate. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> How are the other guys from the E17? This is George here from Lee Grave. Kelly! <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was Tony from E17. You've typed on the screen Tony Mortimer from E17. <laughs> That's what I thought. Is, is E17 near Lee Grave? Uh, can no. I call you... Joyce, can I call you Tony? <laughs> My son's name is Tony. Beautiful, beautiful. So I'll call you Tony. What can I do for you, Tony? No, I was ringing up to say, please, tomorrow morning, yeah. could you give us more time slots, e.g. quarter past seven, quarter past six, half past six. I was listening all and you made me late getting out of bed because you never gave me the times. We're back to Kelly Brook again. Hang on a minute. I, I've given the t- It's funny you say that because I feel that I've given the time more today... Then I normally do, Tony. No, I've had you on since six o'clock. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, I do appreciate it. Why don't you... Have you you not got a clock? I have, but it's so nice listening to your melodic voice. Oh, you are a... Tony, you are a little (laughs) flirt, aren't you? You cheeky little monkey. Have a good day. It's (laughs) 8.40. Tony. Thank you you very much. Great to speak to you, Tony. We'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Mortimer from E17. Nice. I really didn't believe that you guys were friends, but you've proved me wrong. It's one of my great pleasures in life, is proving you wrong. When's the real Tony Mortimer? Oh, for goodness sakes, that's just, that's just disrespectful. Brilliant to hear you promote piano playing, says uh, Liz Childs in Barton Le Clay, Bedfordshire. We need more of that! Well, more, more promotion of pianos. I think pianos are very successful on their own. But yes, as I drive to school for a day of music teaching. This is Paul Scoyne's political reporter. Wants to teach himself the piano. Many books out there and important to find a book that suits the individual as there are quite a few. Now, uh, the thing is, I, I've often thought about learning piano. You can get pianos for free. People give piano... Yeah, you can, they give pianos away because they can't get rid of them. The cost is in getting them moved from one place to another. You're looking at probably a couple of hundred quid. But the piano itself is free. I've often thought, oh, I'd like a free piano, please. And have a little tinkle on the ivories. What if you kept it at their house and went and played it whenever you want? I think that, no, I think the point is they want to get rid of it. It's taking up space, it's, it's annoying. So they... I wouldn't pay £100 for delivery. I didn't say £100. Oh, whatever you said. £200. So I wouldn't pay that. Well, then don't get a piano. I'd put it on a, a couple of skateboards and just wheel it to my house. Because then it's free. There's a floor in that plant somewhere. I just can't quite work out what it might be. I would... Um, oh, look, now the, the team upstairs. Hang on, Lee Agnew sent me a message. What does he want? You didn't ask Tony Mortimer how um, their dog was doing. Oh, for goodness sakes. I think the dog's dead, Lee. That's why I didn't want to bring it up, mate. Shall I get him back on? No. The dog's dead, Lee. I'm not going to bring up painful memories of a dead dog, am I? How insensitive. Levi. Oh, yes, I remember Levi. Yeah, he's... Oh, he's gone. You're thinking of Levi Roots. He's still around. No. The Levi the dog. Reggae, reggae, sus. Oh, hang on. It's Tony Mortimer. Oh, someone's getting private messages. Oh, no. It's just a shop. There we go. Uh, I've got no idea what's... Oh, pianos. Anyway, yeah, they're good. So get one. Uh, is the thing. 08459 555 is the telephone number. You can, of course, go to uh, facebook.com forward slash uh, BBC3CR and uh, you can go there and get lots of updates on all the shows, all of the bits and pieces uh, that are going on. Um, let's have a quick look at... Um, uh, where's this? On uh, the subject of getting prenups. 
Um, what an insult to the kids they have together. The couple have been together for a number of years. Oh, this is Jane talking about uh, Mylene Class. I'm sure while Miss Class was pursuing her career, her husband partner was at home looking after the children. Um, and Drake says, doesn't marriage take the romance out of marriage? Huh? Barry, here comes a joke, guys. You ready? Why not? My friend's wife ran away with his next-door neighbour. My friend says I really do miss him. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. So, Oh. It's a joke. From Barry Bristow. Barry Bristow, There's ladies and gentlemen. Some friends are like that, though, aren't they? What? That you'd miss them more. Yeah. When my, uh, many years ago, uh, a girlfriend of mine, um, an, ex, an ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, she then uh, went, started going out with my best friend. Oh. Yeah. Did you like that song? Spicy, spicy. That was the, probably the only thing I missed about my ex-boyfriend. His what? friends. Oh. Because all of a sudden you're cut off, aren't you? I made an effort with his friend. He didn't make any with mine. Um, but I missed his friends. You're not bitter, though, are it's you? It's weird. Yeah. What song, Kelly? Did you write that song and give it to Elvis? What? About the girl of my best friend? No, because that was like in the late 50s, early oh, 60s. Sorry. I wasn't Did born until 1973. With... This happened probably in about 1998. Did you write the one with Paul McCartney my, and you and Michael Jackson? No. The girl is mine, mine, mine. No, no. I didn't write any songs about it. I got, I got really, Monica. really drunk and angry and punched well, a wall. Maybe if you'd written a song, it'd be a little more productive. For goodness sakes, we're offering absolutely nothing constructive at all this morning. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got reports that the M1 northbound is blocked between 12 for Flittick and 13 for Bedford because of an accident, uh, with queues on the approach to 11 for Dunstable Road. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound looking slow between 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. And people must be driving into London instead of taking the underground today because the A40 eastbound much heavier than usual with queues between the Denham roundabout and Hangar Lane. On public transport, the Metropolitan Line has lines only running between Harrow-on-the-Hill and Aldgate, and that's every 10 minutes. And the Hammersmith and City Line are running every 10 minutes between Hammersmith and Moorgate. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 8.46. Hope that uh, satisfies you, Tony Mortimer from E17. It's Wednesday the 5th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There have been potentially dangerous delays for cancer patients due to administrative mistakes at the Trust, which runs various Hertfordshire hospitals. Forces across the three counties will hire more than 100 special constables over the next two years in a bid to save money. And Stevenage are on the up with a 3-1 win against Gillingham last night. Well done, boys and girls. But probably just boys, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. A wet and windy day right the way across all three counties. We've had one or two brighter spells this morning, so uh, make the most of any sunshine you see as it's not going to last. We've got uh, some very strong winds. The Met Office has a yellow weather warning in place for parts of Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire through, and parts of London actually through the course of the morning and into the afternoon as well. Now, the biggest squeeze on the ice of bars, meaning the wind is at its strongest. Middle part of the day could see gusts of 50, 60 miles per hour. Also coupled with some very 
very heavy rain, 10 to 15 millimetres of rain through the next 24 hours. Maximum temperature up to 8 Celsius. Overnight, eventually the, the showers will die away, as will the wind. Uh, still breezy, but just less wild than today. Minimum temperature down to 5 Celsius. Thursday morning, bit of respite, some drier weather, maybe even some sunshine, but through the afternoon we'll notice the wind increase again and also further outbreaks of rain. And then overnight, Thursday into Friday, some very wet weather um, taking us through Friday morning, after which bit of a lull, then a wet and windy weekend. That's your weather. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in to you. Let's get some detail and we'll get this sorted out. The JVS JVS Show, weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka. If you've taught yourself to play any instrument, give me a call. How easy was it? I learned, I taught myself how to play guitar. I'm rubbish at it, but I can play, you know, I can sit there and I can strum a few chords. Yeah, me too. I'm also rubbish. I taught myself how to play the ukulele. I'm doing that. I find with the guitar I got to a certain point where I actually need some guidance now because yeah. my hands don't do all the notes properly. No, it's hard. And I, I've started to cheat and I think it might be early doors for cheating. No, you can, well, how can you cheat? By just not playing some of the strings. There you go, you see. That's it. You're, you're, only, you're only cheating yourself and the audience in this case. The audience of uh, guitar listeners okay. and fans. Uh, Richard uh, is in Winslow. Richard, good morning, Richard. This is the BBC pronunciation unit here. Now, look, we've had several complaints what? about your poor pronunciation this morning. Go on. First of all, when you were reporting on Sochi, you were going on about Skellington. Yeah, the Skellington. No I-N-G is Skeleton. No. Get you to spell the word shortly. And I understand that you were pronouncing milk, as in milk, which is incorrect. Right. In February, it's you are not, not pronouncing that cor- correctly. Whoa, 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 whoa. Certainly, certainly beware of the Ides of February. Listen, th- th- how, many, how many R's are there in February? Not as many as you just said. I've said two. No one pronounces the first R. Let's start with basic. Let's go back to skelling, skeleton. Oh, because you've lost... Hang on a second. You've lost... You know you've lost the February argument, so you want to go on to skeletons. Away you go. You've lost February, so let's, let's move on to skeletons. Go. Only that. You're, don't bully me. It's bad enough you bullying your poor young lady assistants there. They're not, they're not that young. Whoa. There you go. You see, that's the reaction you got there, and you were trying to help them. Don't help women. Well, it's cool this morning. So listen, you, you lost February. What's this about skeletons? Go on. Well, can you spell skeleton? Yeah, S-K-E-L-E-T-O-N. So why are you saying I-N-G in the middle of it? I'm not. If you listen what? very carefully, I'm not. Or you beware S- the eyes of February. S-K-E-L-E-T-O-N. Spell skeleton. Yeah, no, not I-N-G. You're saying I-N-G, skeleton. Well, I'm not, because that's not how you spell it. Some people say onion or chimney or H. It's skeleton, skeleton. It's not skeleton. Richard, you don't pronounce it skeleton. Who's that? You're thinking of Benetton. Pronunciation Corporation. You're thinking of Benetton, the shop where they do the pictures of the, the sick people. I know my Benetton's from my jewellery. All right. Spell Benetton. Why? Because because you brought Benetton into it. Yeah, I didn't. You did. You said skeleton. You brought Benetton into it. I said Skeleton. You, skeleton, you, you yes. saying Skellington. I'm not saying Skellington, I'm saying Skellington. Sorry? Exactly. I had to accept your apology. Thank you. Mickey's in Hatfield. Good morning, Mickey. 
Hello, mate. You all right? I'm, I'm, I'm furious. Some of these people. Turn your radio off, Mickey. What have you got for me? Uh, radio's not on. It's my um, lower-than-good quality um, phone system in the vehicle. What? Wow, your phone is, like, um, travelling through time. Anyway, what have, what have you got, Mickey? You can play the piano, can you? I can, indeed. I'm a uh, self-taught musician. Playing oh. the piano, the drums, keyboard. You, you... As uh, the old Don Lennon said, you give me something and I'll make a tune. Yes, exactly. But are you any good at the piano? We can all play. We can all play a few chords. We all play a G and a C chord. But can you actually sit down and play Bruce Hornsby? Well, I don't know about that one. I play a bit of Mozart, a bit of Beethoven. Um, you play me a song, I'll be uh, give me half a day, and I'll be able to play it back to you without the music. Really? I, people like that. I, 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 well, people like that. People like you. I, I'm very envious of people who can do that. Yeah. Well. I'm, uh, it's my passion, you know, it's a bit of love. A bit of love and a bit of will, and I think you can do what you want. All right, listen, we've got, um, uh, is it Jonathan, I think, who's coming on tomorrow, who's going to play Bruce Hornsby in the range. Are you up for a challenge? Yeah, yeah, uh, why not? OK, right, so what I want you to do, have a listen to this. <laughs> what do you reckon, Mickey? Could you play that? Well, that's a bit, a bit of two-pack, that is. <laughs> oh, look at, look at the generational gap there. To me, it's Mr Bruce Hornsby. To Mickey, it's two-pack. Can you play that bit of two-pack tomorrow morning on the show? Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I won't be near a piano. I'm going to be out oh. playlifing. Oh, uh, the old... Well, go, go, and, go and nick someone's piano, then. If, if you give me a few days, I will make you my own version, upload it onto BBC iPlayer, and you can have it. Uh, BBC introduced. Yeah, it. but anyone anyone can. Do, oh, I see what you've done there. Cross promotion. Anyone can can you know get uh, get a computer to play it for them, play two pack for them. You get a two pack button, don't you? Oh, I see what you're saying. How about I phone back on my day off, and I'll certainly oblige to your. Uh, what day your... is your day off, Mickey? Um, it's going to be next week, I would imagine, Saturday. Oh, for goodness. <laughs> Right, Mickey, speak to the production team. Catherine, find out a way to make this work. We've got uh, Jonathan is going to play this. Well, no, Jonathan's going to play Bruce Hornsby and Mickey's going to play Tupac. Have a word with him and sort it out. That's just the way Tupac, Justin. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's a I'm outraged by that. I'm furious. Brucey baby, that's who he is. Little bit of Brucey baby. Yeah. Did you hear Tony Mortimer on the show earlier? No, I didn't. Oh, Tony Mortimer was on. Was he really? Yes, he was. I wasn't. Yes, he was. It was Joyce. It wasn't Joyce. She didn't even do a voice. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Justin. Yes. The piano. Mm. The, the, well, it's one of the greatest instruments. I'd love to be able to play one. Paul Scoins is thinking of learning one. You've been out yep. talking to people about them. Yes, I've uh, invented at a hotel this morning with a piano. Oh. Now, what I've done, I've managed to uh, borrow Tim Wheeler, the producer oh. of the JBS programme. He can play the piano. Yep. We borrowed him and somebody who is having their breakfast, and we tried <laughs> to make beautiful music, Ian. And uh, oh, this dear. is what happened. Oh, dear. So we're here by this luxury piano with, with Tim Wheeler from the JBS show. Tim, when did you learn how to play the piano? Uh, about the age of five, Justin. Yeah. yeah, at school. I mean, Paul Scorns, our political reporter, was talking about this. Do you think he can carry this off? He can't carry most things off, to be fair. No, he's got very fat fingers, I imagine, like big uh, big sausages. So I'm, I can't imagine he'd be very good at the piano. We've got somebody here with us as well. Madam, good morning. What's your name? It's Cathy. Cathy, you're about to hear Tim Wheeler perform a tune. Are you looking forward to this? Oh, yes, definitely. Here we go. Cathy's there. Uh, we have an audience as well. Tim, take it away. You're going to perform? Uh, I'm going to play um, Imagine by John Lennon. Okay, so then. you can be my Yoko Ono, if you fancy. <laughs> Yeah. Let's say 30 seconds.
Really? It's come to this? Come on, Kathy, come on, come on. A few words. A few words. Well, I'm, I'm too moved by the whole sound to say anything. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's a special performance, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. applause for Tim Wheeler. Come on. Fantastic. Tim, that was beautiful. I'll let you get back to the JBS show. Thank you very much. No problem at all. Thanks Absolutely very much. Great. There you go. Tim Wheeler. Now, Kathy, you're here to not just watch, but you're here to perform as well. <laughs> go on, take a seat. Come on. So, when did you learn how to play the piano? I started learning when I was a little girl, when I was probably about, oh, seven, eight. But we're talking about basic piano playing. Basic. I, used to, I used to be good. I'm no longer any good. Basic is good enough for us. You're about to perform. We want 30 seconds of something really special. What are you going to play? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it would just be probably something that I would make up. Or... <laughs> you make something up. Come on, then. Let's hear it. She didn't make that up. That's a famous song. Um, okay. Joy to the World. What if we did a deal where you learn how to play Bruce Hornsby the way it is? In a week, could you crack it? I would think so, yes. Well, you've been a great sport. Thank you very much. Get back to your breakfast now. Thank you so much, sir. She, oh, sir. She mm. was a cracking sport, wasn't she? She was great. But she, know, didn't make that, she didn't make that song. Oh, that's <laughs> Joy to the World. I've heard that before. <laughs> Joy to, to the world. <laughs> Tim, is Tim's a bit tasty on the old pianola, isn't he? He's very, very good. But to be fair, you know, Kathy, she was quite literally sitting down having yep. a, a full fry. We, we got her up and Beautiful. she performed. In a week's time, though, you may hear her performing Bruce Hornsby in the range the way it is. You never know. Now, listen, Justin, as we or Tupac, as, as we know, you are, you've got a cracking singing voice, very yeah. powerful voice, very yes. unique voice. Yeah, don't like talking about it, though. No, no, OK. Yeah. But can you play any musical instruments? No, and you know what? That's my biggest regret in life, actually. When I was younger, I thought, you know what? I don't want to learn. I simply want to listen to music and, and looking back now I regret it because you, you often go somewhere a bit like Tim there a moment ago you put him in front of a piano and he can play a classic song like Imagine now that to me is pretty special so one of my biggest regrets not learning well this is Paul Scoynes of course <laughs> I've got an idea I've got an idea how about we start a little band, okay? Yes. Paul Scoyne's on piano. What mm -hmm. instrument would you like to play? Uh, what about electric guitar? Okay. Paul Scoyne's on piano. You on electric guitar. I'll learn an instrument I can't play. And uh, in, in uh, let's say, in three months' time, we'll do a gig. Yes. Yes? Yes. Catherine, you in? Yeah. What are you going to play? Don't know. <laughs> a guitar? Oh, for goodness sakes. We'll, we'll, sort something, we'll, we'll sort something out, Justin. I'll see you on stage at we uh, Wembley Stadium in about three months' time. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Cheers, it is. for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M1 northbound has cleared between Junction 12 for Flittick and 13 for Bedford after an early accident and traffic is easing. The M25 anti-clockwise very heavy still on the sensors between 16 for the M40 and 18 for Chorley Wood. There are long delays on the southbound A1 between the Kimbolton turnoff and the Black Cat roundabout. And the A1M southbound struggling between 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. On public transport, the Bakerloo line has no service because of strike action. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Thank you to Kelly, to Kevin. Thank you to Tim. Look as he strides into the studio, the confident performer that he is. Well done. Uh, thanks for all of your calls. Back tomorrow at 6. JBS is up next. Until tomorrow, from me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you support the tube workers' strike? Commuters from right